louder. Welcome back, guys, to Wrestling Ruined. Wrestling's worst years. This is the first time in a long time, guys. Episode 32. I am your host, Eddie Shepard, along with... The uh, really, really excited Travis Laster for the uh, all the Comic-Con reveals we're seeing today. So many good ones. Uh, right. Absent absent today, um, the... The Canadian the, cuckster himself. Brandon A. Lane is not here this episode, guys. Uh, he has a case of the chirpies. It's the Canadian herpes. Also, kind of syphilis or whatever you want to call it, too. Yeah, yeah tweet tweet me. I don't care. Fuck at, it. at Travis uh, Lasseter. I don't know hey, what it is. Hey, doing. Brandon, hope you're recovering from your bruised vagine. Ew. How hard did you hit it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Not oh. the bottom of my Guys, we have been trying to get together for fucking ever to get all three of us together. And right when we think we have it, Brandon is unavailable due to work and other commitments. So uh, we have his blessing to go forward with this episode finally. It's been, what, almost a month since we released an episode? Yeah, we we, we were trying and trying and trying to get it, all of us together. We had it had it pl- had it worked out. And then literally like noon to noon today, Brandon was like, I got called into work and I, he was like, but if you guys want to go ahead, since we're already been delayed, just go ahead and do it. And then we'll, we'll get back on track, you know, the next episode with Brandon, which, which this is just kind of a out of the blue episode anyway, you know, WCW. So it's not King of the Ring. We're going to make Brandon watch King of the Ring. He's going to watch Mabel get crowned by God. Crown him. And if he's, if his ass is run back to Canada, I'll pull him across the Niagara Falls and all that stuff to bring him back. Before we get rolling, Travis was alluding to this. Today, uh, we are recording this on a Thursday, and it is San Diego Comic-Con Thursday, and all the cool shit that we've seen released wrestling figure-wise. Dude, the the Hogan with the war bonnet. <laughs> the ultimate Jeff Jarrett, Double J Jeff Jarrett, which goes right along with our uh, podcast 95 here. I'm just waiting to see what colors the actual outfit's going to be. Sorry, hiccup there. Um, then they have the Raw set with... Uh, the Undertaker, the one, two, three kid with the money, the Green Razor Ramon when he won an Intercontinental title. Like, they've got tons of stuff coming out and, like, more surprises, I'm sure, to come over the next two days while they're at Comic Con. The Ultimates that we're getting, we're getting Ultimate Cody Rhodes. It's an exclusive, pre order exclusive. I believe it hits tomorrow. We're getting the, uh, the No Holds Barred, which is, uh, <laughs> go look up, uh, uh, Rants from the Black Lodge when we covered that on, uh, their podcast that time with Brandon. You're welcome, bitch. Um, and then uh, we have the uh, the Coliseum collection coming out. Uh, it's going to be the White Hogan and with the old like '84 title. Then you have a uh, Cowboy uh, Terry Funk is going to be an ultimate. Um, the box the box art for that's fucking awesome. It, it's very reminiscent of the Slaughter from last year, which Slaughter's getting a GI Joe Hasbro this year at uh, Comic Con, which is pretty badass. Um, there's also another Ultimate Edition uh, Ultimate Warrior coming from WrestleMania Seven. Bret Hart. Bret Hart and all pink. Which we believe is Royal Rumble 93, which they are basically a re-release into an ultimate because Ringside Collectibles had an exclusive. That is like a $300 figure right now, out of box. I feel like they're doing this almost to fuck resellers over. Well, they're doing that because like people have come into the line late and stuff from 10 years ago. They're kind of improving it, which I kind of agree and don't don't agree with because like if I paid... If I was a guy like last week that paid three hundred something dollars for Bret Hart, I finally said with no money to get it, and then they release 
a fucking ultimate of it this week, I'd be fucking furious with life. I'd be mad. Um, but then you have, uh, they're having uh, Polly Dangerously and the Head Shrinker slash Samoan SWAT team. They're yes. gonna they're getting Legends figures. So the Samoan SWAT team is it is it basically like they have like Head Shrinker gear? Well, they're the chase. So the, both the Head Shrinkers are chases because. One of them, they had the Simone SWAT team gear on with like the multicolor stuff like on the, the side. flowers on them. And yeah. then the head shrinker gear is the one with the uh, the flowers on them. So you're getting a Samu and a Fatu, aka Rikishi. And then your Polly Dangerously comes with an ECW hat, so you can have a 95 ECW oh, And a handsome Doc Hendricks. Oh, fuck, handsome Doc Hendricks. And probably the best face scan of the whole thing was the Build-A-Figure Rick Rude from 97 yeah, that with series, DX. That series is awesome. It's a Build-A-Figure build a series for, I believe it's going to be Survivor, Survivor series. series. They had Survivor Series 90 Warrior. Um, there's a Seth Ra- or, or AJ Styles, Becky Lynch, and a Drew McIntyre, which yep. I think is from like 2009. It's a flashback Drew and then the Doc Hendricks is a Royal Rumble set with uh, the first ever Vader with the molded on mask, which yep. looks fan fucking tastic. Um, I can't remember who else comes in that. Um, there's another legend that comes in it, but uh, Ray the, Mysterio. The, yeah, Ray Mysterio is the when he won the Rumble in 2006. Yeah, it's a Rumble series. And then uh, you get you build the figure, the handsome Doc, but. Uh, I wonder how much shuffling they had to do around to get Sasha Banks figures out of the stuff because... Yeah, like, she probably had at least something. And then, uh, I know we alluded to the Cody Rhodes, but we're also getting... Um, uh, Stunning Steve. Stunning with, Steve. With the NWA. I don't think it has NWA on it, but it's the te- television, it's television title, title. With the red strap. You're getting uh, pink-shirted uh, Andre from when he... With ripped, the title belt. With the title belt that was supposed to be his... And he also comes with the chain that they ripped off of Hogan at the 87 press conference. Um, and you're getting a John Cena with the spinner belt with it actually spins. You're getting a Becky Lynch. And then there's there's a Rock that comes with the Brahma Bull title. Everybody's having new belts. So there's a Rey Mysterio from WCW that comes with the actual WCW Cruiserweight title. And there's one more. And I cannot remember who it is right off the head, my head. I can't remember um, either. Right Ray Mysterio. Scrolling. Yeah. Ray Mysterio. I said Becky Lynch. Yeah, I got them all. Um, and then there's a there's a Mega Powers double pack. There's a triple pack with Heyman, Roman, and Brock for Johnny Amazon. Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville's getting a figure. Pat McAfee's getting a figure. Mr. America's getting a figure. Riddle with the scooter, which my son's going to love. <laughs> Farouk Assad with the... He has interchangeable blue and silver helmets. These This um, WrestleMania Hollywood series is going to be cool because it's Hollywood Hogan, Rock, uh, Macho King, Randy Savage from Mania 6, and Dusty Rhodes. So there's a lot of first-time figures coming out. I mean, we're, we're a bit of figure nerds here, but then you got your Ruthless Aggression, Eric Bischoff, with, and then he comes with the head from the... Uh, uh, commitment, ceremony, commitment ceremony, and then you have a Tori Wilson with her dog and stuff. The I just realized on this Mega Powers, it has the hands where the they can shake. do the shake. Yep. That is fucking cool that they made that. And Randy Savage comes with the red robe. I think it's. I think they're reenacting the cover of Survivor Series. Is that 80, 88 or 88? It has to be 88. 88, yeah. So, or no. No, because yeah. 89 yeah. Zeus is there. Yeah, 88. So, yeah, 88, which we're getting... The Zeus figure, too, so this and is cool. The re-release of the Ultimate Warrior from WrestleMania 7 as an Ultimate. Well, it comes with something weird, though. With yeah, I don't it. understand like, what that is. I don't know, unless that's something for Sherry or something. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Um, you get an Ultimate AJ with a uh, phenomenal forearm hair. You get an Ultimate Brock. 
You're getting the another ultimate uh, rock. Another ultimate rock. So I mean, we're getting a lot of stuff like we just talked about calming down on our stuff for uh, collecting, but it looks like it's about to fire back up. And then that's not to include like NECA's releasing uh, Dracula, um, uh, and they're releasing the the dinosaurs. Et Et stuff. Fortieth anniversary. More turtle stuff. Um, I haven't really seen a lot from Hasbro yet. as far as Power Ranger stuff goes, but then you've got um, Super Seven's got some stuff coming out. There's just there's just so much, and then today's just the first day, and then they have little surprises throughout the the, the thing because they haven't showed Chainsaw Charlie. And me and Eddie have also talked about it. There's going to be a Steiner Brothers. Yeah, and they will be purchased. They, they've uh, got to do that. Still, probably definitely top three tag team of all time. And then they have the retro line with all these new figures coming out for it, like Luger Doink. Tugboat, um, and and others. Uh, then you have the Superstars line that's getting um, Rick Rude with the Ultimate Warrior on his butt. You have Interchangeable, Earthquake and Typhoons. Um, they're having an NWO retro set where it's four. It's a four pack with six Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Hogan, which I thought was really cool to see. Um, and I think it's going to be a ringside exclusive. Also, the Greg Valentine <laughs> Rhythm and Blues Greg, which is. Which is cool as <laughs> see. Boxcar Greg Valentine. But yeah, guys, we're really excited, man. Uh, about to drop a whole bunch of money. I cleared up a bunch of space. I have almost a whole shelf, a whole big-ass shelf full uh, empty right now. I sold a lot of stuff to make room for some new things, and really excited. But today, guys, we are going to bring you Great American Bash 1995. So go ahead and pull Peacock up. Pull your Peacock up. Up and out. You're going to go to the WCW tag. Tab, excuse me, tab. Uh, you're going to go to Season 7, Episode 1. I hate that they do it that way, but it will be the Great American Bash 1995. Once you're there, guys, uh, we're going to say 3, 2, 1, and play, and we'll get rolling. 3, 2, 1, play. America with Spanish subtitles. <laughs> USA, USA. USA. This is the first Great American Bash event in nearly three years, with the last event taking place in 1992. This is uh, taking place on June 18th, 1995, which is Father's Day from the Hera Arena in Dayton, Ohio. Pay-per-view buys, Travis. 125,000 pay-per-view buys. Hmm. Uh, Attendance, 6,000. Sell-up. It is a sell-up. It's not bad. Uh, 5,200 actually paid, though. It's still not bad. However, this is an interesting fact for pay-per-views in 95. Uh, the gate, do you have any guess of how much money this gate was? I'm going to say like 500000 You would be really, really way off. $63,000. That's it? I have no idea when you break that down how much tickets averaged when you break it down like that. Ten bucks. Yeah, it's... That's, yeah. that's fucking wild. And this is your main event is Flair and Savage. Which is an old picture of Flair there. Very, that was like a 90, like three Flair. That's, I was thinking maybe, you know, by this time they kind of had an uptick with Hogan that it wouldn't be Well, the thing grand, is, Hogan's not promoted on this show. Which is stupid that he's even there. But we'll get, we'll get to that because we'll talk about that later on. But this is the lowest live gate of the year next to Bash of the Beach, which once again, we'll talk about that later on. Altogether, though, this is there are nine pay per views in 1995 for WCW. I think that's the most to the to this point. It is, it is, and which is why we ended up getting one every month in so, your house. Yeah, kind of combat what they were doing here. You had a couple. Well, she had a sting tattoo on her Ooh. titty. That guy, that guy right there, he's everywhere. So 
No Mercy 99. Uh, they do the ladder match with the Hardys and Edge and Christian. And that guy's front row. He's also front row for WrestleMania 13. Yes, he is. Look at Bobby looking Bobby, Bobby so with those, fucking awesome. Those glasses that are now back in style. But Bobby Heenan looks fucking fantastic here. <laughs> Tony does too. Tony just had neck surgery, you believe, right? Tony just had a haircut, it looks like, too. <laughs> he's pretty skinny dude Tony's facial expressions through this whole show are fantastic I never noticed he's really stiff there see like he's turning his whole body to look instead of turning oh, his head because his fucking neck's still yeah, jacked up I, I didn't even think about that though until you just said that he has Bobby Heenan's commentary through this show is worth the watch he has one liner after one liner after one liner he is this is before we started getting drunk Bobby Heenan on commentary he still like, gave a shit he, he was still on top of it man he was just so so on top of, I had a whole list of one-liners wrote down just through the first two matches, and it's on my computer back at the back at the house. But just watch it for that. Like he 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 rips on Alex Wright like crazy. Oh, he up. does. Uh, you got a couple dark matches before this show. Uh, you had Harlem Heat defeating the Fantastics of Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers. Was, the, this, was this the main event or dark matches? Uh, they just said dark matches, so it could have oh. been main event. The Fantastics were substitutes for the Rock and Roll Express. Who failed to show due to commitments with the NWA and Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Who was affiliated with the WWF? Yes, uh, Sergeant Craig Pitbull Pittman uh, defeated Scott Demore, uh, Team Canada Scott Demore. We're going to get to Brian Pillman in just a second. <laughs> and then uh, Dick Slater and Bunkhouse Buck defeated Frankie Lancaster and Barry Houston. They had noted too that Harlem Heat versus Stud Stable was added to the show. Brian Pillman worst fucking theme song so far ninety five. No, it's up there. I love it. I love his fucking cow jacket. Like before, Jeff Jarrett made it popular Hall of Fame. This match, we're getting Brian Pillman versus oh, Alex Wright. This match goes for almost sixteen minutes, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys, without a doubt, this is match of the night. I will agree. It is the, the match the, of the night. I don't know the arm wrestling match with Evad and DDP. Fuck is, you. It's pretty damn close. <laughs> but this this is definitely they wanted to start it out hot, which I have noticed. WCW even at this time, these guys were would probably be considered cruiserweights. I know that uh, Brian Pillman was a light heavyweight champion, but like a lot of the WCW pay-per-views started out with a younger, athletic, quick match, and then it just, it's usually downhill from fucking Well, you got to think, too, like, usually, I mean, you'll you'll get those matches with um, Johnny B. Bad yeah. is, is, is considered that. But Alex Wright, there, there's that Big Bubba. We'll, we'll get to him later. Yeah. He won a contest. Oh, there's to be the, there. uh, the guy that always takes pictures of Bezit Brat, Bad News something. Yeah, I saw his gloves. Yeah, yeah. He, went, he was at WrestleMania, I believe, right? Yep. 13 as well. So he's having to buy a front row seat for this. He's not up there. No, he was pictures. given that seat. Oh, come yeah. on. Get come your on. head out of your ass, Travis. Oh. Yeah, he's right there, though. He's right there in the front. Pillman is built from Hollywood, even though he's an Ohio native. And everyone already knows that, too. And they shake hands. Fuck. This match is so good. Well, and Bobby Heenan continually rips on him being from Cincinnati. He's like, yeah, when he played for the Bengals, he's like, uh, if they had cut him sooner, they'd have won more games. Yeah, <laughs> Bobby says the Bengals speak of Pillman often about how they would have won more if they've traded him. That's what he mm. says. Yep. And Bobby Heenan's on fire. And well, this is the weird time when Pillman's not doing anything. No, he's just kind of hanging around. But he his, his feud with Steve Austin like flamed out too quick, in my opinion. They blew that off too fast. They should have never broke up the Hollywood Blondes, but the only reason Pillman is on this show is because he's from Cincinnati. Look at those spiky things on his ties. I like, see that. Like, I, almost, I, they're probably plastic, but look, they're still fucking hurt. Almost like fringe, kind of like what Diesel wears a little bit. But he's wearing like cowskin pants, too. Like He's got the design on it, and he's got money signs on look it. Look at that. Look at this. Did he borrow these tights from DDP? I don't know, man. 
<laughs> I'm telling you guys. I mean, I know we do a lot of you know all of our stuffs watch alongs, and I I cannot begin to tell you guys how badly you need to watch this match. You know, they keep shaking hands. Bobby keeps saying that both are punk, both guys are punks. Yeah, he he calls uh he keeps calling Alex Wright Doss Wonderpunk and stuff like that the whole match and then he talks about how his dad never did anything in wrestling <laughs> and stuff like <laughs> he that. does yeah he, he gives him quite a bit of shit so i feel like this is a good time to kind of talk about where brian pillman is to this point um uh, we're not, you know, not going to talk about the wwf stuff later but um pillman is a two-time second all-american who went undrafted but joined the Bengals as a free agent in 84 mm-hmm. he later played canadian football for the calgary stampeders in 86 he also played for the Buffalo Bills in preseason uh, in 1985, but was the last player cut before the start of that season. Brian Pillman and John Harbaugh, current head coach of the Ravens, fuck TJ, not Bowser, Miller, <laughs> were roommates and defensive teammates while at Miami. Yep. Uh, he was Miami training- of Ohio. Ohio. Let's get that right. Yeah, let's yeah. get that right. Trained in the Heart Dungeon. Uh, he made his debut in November 86 for Stampede Wrestling. Uh, in 89, Pillman began wrestling for Jim Crockett Promotions. He was mainly used as a babyface until the end of 92, teaming with Barry Windham, which they, I believe they have a, is it a clash match? I think they have a pay-per-view match teaming together. Yeah. Um, I remember I remember the graphic for it. <laughs> Yellow dog. Oh, we're, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, he would uh, form the Hollywood Blondes with Steve Austin and win the tag titles from Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas. Uh, they... Most famously are known for the flair for the old, uh, mm-hmm. where they had, I believe it's at Clash of the Champions, they wrestle Arn and, and uh, Flair. Two out of three. I think it's two out of three falls. And then they actually end up dropping the tag titles to um, Arn Anderson and the most popular Four Horsemen member of all time, pretty Paul Roma. Paul A. Roma, because he's shit. Uh, but like, <laughs> Pillman at this time, like Pillman was also in a tag team with... Uh, Fucking Bruce Hart and Stampede, and they were they were called Bad Company, right? Yes. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Bruce Hart just latching on. So to I, I got to be honest with you, people. I had most of that in my notes, and I deleted it out because like I'm not giving Bruce Hart the run. So fuck <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Hart. I don't even care. Nice, uh, nice head scissors takeover there. Jump up and take down. Look at this. Uh, I'll watch this backflip. God, this is Jim Barnett's wet fucking dream right here. And, and honestly, it should be. Here we go. He, he tries to go for a. Uh, I believe this is a surfboard. No, it's not surfboard. No, it's, it's like it's like an arrow, like a. It's almost like bow a and arrow. Bow and arrow. That's yep. it. That's it. That's it. Not so PC these days. But one, two. Pillman's shoulder gets his up. He gets his shoulder up. The guy in the purple's having a fit, or pink's having a fit. And nice, his wife's always there with him too. Nice, nice shorts. Kudos there. to having a wife that will go to pay per views with you and have just as much as fun yeah, as you that's do. True. That is very true. Take fucking notes, Landry. Uh, the blondes <laughs> would break up in the in October of '93, and he would be the one who turns face. Uh, he would wrestle for ECW in 1994 as a talent exchange between ECW and WCW. I did not know that. Had His most notable match there was teaming with Shane Douglas to replace an injured Steve Austin with Sherry Martell as their manager against Ron Simmons and Tuco Scopio. That actually, I'm, I would love to kind of dig around and find that match. I bet that match is actually pretty fun. It's probably, it might be on something, to be honest. It might be on like, not hardcore Unreleased TV or, or something. something. Uh, he would return to WCW in late 94, working mainly as a tweener, which in this match, he, he, he kind of goes out there. They, they block a drop kick. Fucking fantastic. Uh, look at this. Ah, Boston Crab. Love me a good Boston Crab. Uh, Alex Oh, my God. I will say, Pillman's not really selling the Boston Crab there. He's just kind of resting. 
Oh, you ran out of hair gel? Let me help you. you let me help you mount there, Alex. <laughs> so they go, this is the surfboard he goes for, and they actually slip on this, which looks fucking painful. Um, you'll watch, you'll see it right, he's getting ready. He didn't slap the side, that's the problem. Boom, see, oh, he slips. Oh, Good way to tear oh, a rotator cuff. Oh, oh Pillman looks like he's little oh, fist. He's but. fucking furious that they fuck, look at him, he's like, god damn it. Well, it's like, I don't know if Alex didn't pull him. I think he may have just slipped. Yeah. So I think they're talking over what they're yeah. going to do. Yeah, he looked back at him there. like, But it's like, he I don't know if he just slipped or like Pillman didn't raise up when he did it. It's, he it's, gets up and he, they do a couple of roll-ups here. He chops the shit out of him here in a second. It was just a miscommunication on their part. Look at this, fall, all these false finishes. WrestleMania 3-esque. Here Watch it comes. Boom! He chops the shit out of him. And he no. just, look at his face. The crowd fucking is eating it up. Like, I I really just want to turn, turn this up and let you guys... No. Hear the crowd. The crowd is just fucking into this. Not Alex, the Spice Pillman banner stomping. And I can argue the crowd is equally as hot here as they are for Savage later yeah. on in Flair. It's the hometown boy. And it uh, it's pretty good. I know we were, we were talking about Pillman here. Uh, we'll go more into Pillman later in 95 because he actually kind of, he becomes an integral role in, of 95. He is the first match on Nitro with uh, Jushin Liger. Yeah, he also the joins the Horsemen as well. So there's more coming uh Seriously, and I, you want to you want to know why more's coming? Why? Because blondes have more fun. <laughs> God, those boots though, don't match his damn gear. He's got like red and white stars on them. It looks fine. Nice tassels. It looks fine. <laughs> here we go. What here? They're gonna do the spot here. Those fucking steps. God, yeah. Pillman notices it and he saves himself there because if he'd have went out like he was supposed to on his side, he would have. Eight shit on the corner of those steps. I think if you're if you're wanting to put the steps there, you need to do the whole the whole ramp. You need to do the ramp way like they did in ninety two, ninety three, stuff like that, or at least ninety one, because you know Bill Watts didn't pay for a ramp in ninety three. Um, but like, and then you got Pillman, or you know Alex Wright letting Pillman back in the ring, but then he attacks he suckers him. him. He suckers him. So Pillman Pillman with his hillish here. Oh, there's Randy Hogan front row. I saw Pillman. <laughs> see, look at that Pillman's getting the heat. Yeah, and the fans are eating it up. They they, they are. Well, we're at a time, man, where the the culture is changing, and the the normal babyface shtick is just not getting over, which is what leads to the NWO forming. Do you notice what we did not see Alex Wright do here, though? He didn't dance. He did not dance because this is he didn't he didn't look, brush out his do 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 do. I want it. But Jim Barnett says save that for later. <laughs> it's like Jim Barnett's old flame and Brian Pillman, and then his new flame and Alex Wright. He's like, I want you to battle for me. <laughs> Whoever wins gets to go home and get the gum job. <laughs> <laughs> Look, gets the knees oh, up. Oh, that was kind of shit. Weak, weak. He didn't want to hurt him. He didn't want to hurt him. Oh, Alex Wright was pussy and like fell on his ankles. When when Pillman does the whole little hill spot when he goes in there and pulls him out of the ring, Bobby puts him over huge. He's like, yeah, get that punk. <laughs> Bobby Heaton is a national treasure. Dude, I don't give a shit. He is so fucking good. When he's talking about like... Uh, it makes me think when he was talking about Angelo Poffo when he got hurt at, at the fucking uh, Slamboree show. He's like, he's an old man with a bad wheel. Ha ha, kick him. <laughs> Just like shit like that. Like nobody does that. Like uh, Jerry Lawler gets close to that. Like I feel like Corey, Jer- Jerry's just a carbon copy of what Bobby was, is. Corey Corey Graves started out that way, and then they like toned it back some because he started out being that that hillish guy that would say 
he was very comparable to Bobby Heenan to begin with. But then, like later on, when uh, Flair and Savage are having their match, he rips on <laughs> Papa again. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I know it's Father's Day and whatever. He's like, but the greatest gift Randy Savage could have given his dad was not being his son. His <laughs> his <laughs> <laughs> pretty. Pretty harsh. They're doing some weird camera angles here, which I hate them scanning over the crowd during the middle of a match. But that was actually wasn't wasn't bad because they still showed the ring. Gut wrench suplex here. Oh, oh, into a fucking gut buster. And then Pillman's laughing about it. Pillman also cancer survivor too from a child Throat childhood. Cancer. Yeah, yeah, because that's why his voice is so raspy. He had all those surgeries. Interesting guy. I know the dark side of the ring he did was very was very awesome. We're about to get to another fucking crazy ass spot. Uh, I know we saw this at In Your House One with Brett and Hakushi, but the way that they deliver this, it looks even crazier than what uh, Hakushi and Brett did. A book people should read. It's, it's it's about Pillman's life, but it's you know after he passed away. It's called Crazy Like a Fox. Like a bunch of people, like somebody wrote it about him, but like they go into like why he did the things he did for his wrestling career. There's a lot of melts or stuff uh, in uh, there. Oh! oh my god, viciously done. There. Look at the crowd. The crowd is just like what? The, look at Pillman's like fuck. You see that sign front of the road that Al Snow will smash you? <laughs> I, I did not see that. <laughs> but it's really good, like because Meltzer Pillman is known to talk to Meltzer a lot, and I think it was just pr- promote his own shit, like when he was trying to handcuff himself to the goalpost at Cincinnati Bengals game and shit like that. And uh, but like the the book is really good because it talks about why he went like did the whole crazy thing in WCW and how he he kind of tricked Bischoff into letting him go, which Bischoff says he didn't. The plan was for him to come back. Oh, oh plancha, ugh, stiff plancha too. Pillman took that hard, but uh. But yeah, like it's an interesting read. I think he, I think it. Pillman may have hurt himself a little bit there because I think he's just telling him to buy some time, or maybe he was telling him to sell the move. I don't know. I mean, you could see Melanie Pillman used to be kind of hot back in the day, and then she fucking she, she just recently passed yeah, away. She methed out hard, guy. Sorry, not trying to make light of her death, but it's not a, not a secret that she was a drug. Beautiful user. missile drop kick from the top rope, and that her son didn't have anything to do with her. Brian Pillman Jr. God, look at those tights. <laughs> they're doing a lot of they're doing a lot of throw them out of the ring stuff here, which isn't isn't bad. I like that. Uh, just don't pull his tights down and get Jim Barnett too excited. Oh, I see those things you're talking about now. They're actually like yeah, they're like full on looking like foam spikes. Yep. Tremendous oh, a suicide dive. They wouldn't feel good even if you they are foam because they kind of got to be hard. Yeah, let's get hyped here. Nice fucking moment. fucking Pillman man, and I know. Alex Wright has legitimately been in some of the best matches in, on, WCW. in WCW of 95. Pillman's acting all crazy. Look at this. He's going to dive. Oh! He eats guardrail right in front of uh, freaking PN News' brother. Wearing a sting hat. <laughs> fucking PN News. I, WCW, Alex, Alex Wright's a bright spot, but they didn't know what to do with him because... And we're to make him that baby face, you know, all the girls wanted. But the thing of it is, it's like all the dudes hated him. Well, you know, if they really wanted to put the rocket ship to him, they should have. It should have been him, not the fucking Renegade. Yeah, that was with Hogan. Yeah, they, mm. Renegade winning the TV title from Arn Anderson and being a part of <laughs> Hogan's stuff is stupid, dude. That that is fucking awesome. Just the, the spot of Alex mm. Wright jumping off the top rope. And Pillman just, he's so tired, he just falls out of the way, and his momentum just takes him down. The thing is, man, they have the crowd. 
They have them in the palm mm. of their hands. They can do whatever they want right now. And they were just having a great match. Definitely, definitely they're like told to go out there and fill some time because no other match is this long on this card. No, it, it's up there. Like I said, it's like 15, almost 16 minutes long. And it's just, it's pure action from the start. Double drop kick. They both fucking miss. How many times do you think Barnett jerked off during this match? At least for 16 three. minutes. At least three. He's chafing. Well, he's not chafing now. He's dead. He's got, he's but got he was his, chafing. He's got, his, he's got his baby powders out and he's like, oh, dab a little here. That's how he died. That's actually how he died. He got a respiratory infection from all the fucking baby powder. Little dabble, do you? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jim Barnett fans out there. You know, I consider myself, you know, a huge wrestling fan. Um, oh, he, he racked him right on the on the rope there. Uh, Bobby says uh, it's a little hard to go home and explain those bruises. I laughed really hard <laughs> yeah, at that too. I had that one wrote down. <laughs> and um, oh, oh, about jerk his tights off. I, I like to. He's jerking him what? Um, I like to think, you know, we're big wrestling fans, and I can remember, you know, a lot of great matches. I didn't remember crossbody one, two, kick out two. I didn't remember this match. Mm. I had no recollection of this match, and I'm I'm almost ashamed because it's so good. Here's the thing. It's it's on a pay-per-view that sucks. No, no, no offense, guys. Just gonna go ahead and give you a spoiler. This show is not good. Yeah, this is the bright spot. But like this spot's cool. He keeps trying to throw into the ropes and Pillman just kind of collapses. Yeah, you don't see that a lot anymore. He's like he's exhausted, but he's trying to get up, but he can't run across the ring. Oh, drop kick, beautiful, right in the face too. Look at the crowd, man. The, I'm, I'm gonna see if I can. We can get, you, got, you got people bowing down to it and everything. The crowd collective. Oh, the guy in the pink shirt down there is having a fucking conniption, dude. I mean, you gotta think WCW's been garbage. They paid ten dollars for these tickets. That's true. Look at this. Oh, he wrecks him. I think that's with the spot where Bobby goes. He said it's going to be hard to go home and explain those bruises because he racked him on the top rope there. Yeah, put him put him on the top rope there and hurts him. I'm like, but he's going to have to go home and worry about it. My boy's going to worry about it. Rub it out for him. <laughs> My boy. My Elbows to the back of the head there. Switch, switch. Here comes the finish. Here in oh, a nope, no, no, no. Two beautiful oh, German suplex. Barnett's loving that shot. Zoom in more. <laughs> Get a shot of his brown eye. Uh, look at this. Oh. He goes for a crucifix. Oh, he flips oh, him over. Oh, that was nice. Holds this him one, the- two, three. Crowd pops. Great fucking match, man. I did it. I promise. I promise. I promise. Oh, man. Alex Wright, before his hair started falling out. In 97, his hair was already falling out, which is terrible because this kid is what? 22, 23 years old at this point. No, he's like 18, 19 right yeah, here. He's, he's not old at all. Like, he was already losing. He said he might be losing a little bit there. He's like, it pulled back. They shake hands. Pil- uh, they get the seal of, seal of approval from Pillman. There's no reason why Pillman shouldn't be the U.S. champion or the TV champion right now either. No, he should have. I mean, they shouldn't have broke up the Hollywood Blondes, dude. Tag division right now is hurting severely in WCW. I mean, like they don't know what to do with it, but like, Imagine Pillman and Austin at the top of the tag division right now in 95. Yeah, I mean, look at this. Finish is great, man. Neither one of those guys are doing anything. Look at that. Beautiful, beautiful finish. Like It sold perfectly. He just got the better of him, man. He just made it like he snuck one out on him, which Alex Wright's finisher was never really That's been talked about. That's again. So, boys, uh, all downhill from here. 
Oh yeah, I know. Arm wrestling match, diamond doll, bunnies. Um, <laughs> that's just the next. That's just the next match. If you want to call it a match, bunkhouse buck. Oh god, oh, DDP and all of his gimmicks. Look at those glasses DDP's wearing. Oh my god, Paige, how many gimmicks do you need? Look at him. Uh, look god, at those long it's terrible. Like he had the cigar. He had the the bedazzled jacket. He had the zebra Bugs bunny shirt, cut off shirt. Oh, he had the fucking fanny pack. He had oh. the diamond doll. That's all he needed, man. Diamond Kimberly is she's severely underrated because like she's Nitro Girl. She was she, I didn't really know about her doing all this stuff till I went back and watched ninety five. She's like with she was with Johnny Bad. She was with the Booty Man. All this stuff like, and she is an attractive woman. Like, why was she attracted to Paige? No offense to DDP. Confidence, I guess, or whatever. I don't know if he. I don't know what Fucking Kimberly was before. If she like worked in the club scene, waitress or something, but. I'm pretty sure from Paige's first book, that's kind of where he met her. So, I don't know. Maybe she just liked Paige for his confidence. But he's a lot older than she is. Well, I mean, she looks fucking beautiful. She just likes looks naive and young there. God, what's his name? Max Muscle back there? Yep. Steroided out as hell. Terrible worker, by the way. Oh, Van Hammer getting another fucking look and a little dust off. I love these little things they do. He puts his, he puts his foot under his... Under his foot, so then like it makes it so you can get more leverage. God, Van Hammer, how many shots did he get in WCW? Like six, too fucking many. Because he's there till like two thousand. He's wearing fucking Vila's wrestling, wrestling shoes. <laughs> oh man, the crowd, the, the crowd's so hot for Van Hammer because you know it's Van Hammer. Well, see, I don't know if Kimberly is she, or sorry, the Diamond Doll is she cheering for Van Hammer or is she cheering for DDP? Because it's like, I don't know if she wants to continue to be with DDP or she wants to go on a date with Van Hammer. Hammer's fucking huge. Like, he's a jacked up guy. Yeah, don't mean he can work. No, you're right. Then the bell rang, as they say. You look at Paige out there with fucking... Like, I won! <laughs> yeah! Max Muscle, you're losing your hair because you got steroids. Oh. is what this is, this is like when he won the $6 million and all that stuff and had the fur coat and then he wins the Battle Bowl ring the next year and... Bunch of dumb stuff. Yeah, it's the rags to riches thing, cause, cause don't the is it the booty man or is it uh Johnny B. Bad that ends up stealing the diamond doll and the money? Uh, I think that started with Johnny B. Bad, but then he leaves. But then he the booty man gets the diamond doll because she becomes the booty babe, and that was like the the eight by ten. I think I got signed has her in the in the eight by ten. <laughs> he's Can not. You- he's not going to get. What's the bunny's name? Ralph. Ralph the Rabbit. If Ralph DDP rabbit. wins, he gets Ralph the Rabbit. If if he beats DDP, you get a date with a diamond doll. And and Ralph the Rabbit Man has told Evad that he's going to win, which is Dave in reverse, guys. Daddy Sullivan. God. Da- <laughs> What's Daddy Sullivan's name? Da- Daddy Sullivan. <laughs> this is a terrible promo. This should not be on the show. This should have been on the main event. Well, guys, you got to think. This is the Eugene gimmick 10 years before Eugene. Really, it is. Because isn't doesn't his whole basis is he's a he's a Hulk Hogan fan or something like a huge Hogan fan? Hogan gives him his boots and then like that's after he ha- gets a head injury and he comes back like this because he used to be what was the neutralizer? 
And his he went by Dave Sullivan and tagged with uh, Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, I blacked out there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that WCW wrestling hat. Also, fuck you, Brandon, for buying me an autographed picture of some fat kid with <laughs> Dave <laughs> Sullivan. That little fat fucker was you. Don't lie to us. Little Polaroid thing. Get a date with a diamond doll here. I'd take a date with a diamond doll. If you ever want to see Kimberly's boobs, just look in Penthouse or uh, it's Playboy or Playboy, or you could watch a uh, forty-year-old virgin. Yeah, her nipple pops the, out. The uh, deleted scenes. No, she's just in the movie. Oh, that's true. Her, her, her titty pops out. There's the jacket. I believe that's the same jacket that he ends up giving to Cody. It's a cool jacket. Uh, I think he has him and his dad. Uh, Dusty have it. I think Dusty has it signed in the in there. Still, still too many gimmicks here. Hair slicked back, ponytail, fingers are taped, rings. I have in my notes, Mister C- Five Thousand Gimmicks DDP. <laughs> cigar jacket vest. Sunglasses, gum, earrings, diamond doll, max muscle. You know, the wild thing is the thing that got DDP over was him being himself. Yeah, was him just being in blue jeans pretty much and stuff. Like, I mean, he did have the tights there for a little while with like the diamonds on the side and stuff. But to me, my favorite version of DDP is when he's wearing the blue jeans wrestling raven and all those guys and he has like the, the rib, black the black. rib tape or something on it that's always, the gdp i remember because he i always played as that version in uh revenge uncensored 98 where they do the three-way match between him oh my god <laughs> i like how everything's fine. in reverse guys Keep hey going. he was over guys he was over that was a fucking plant and you go goddamn well it was fucking now like how it still says dave sullivan on the the titan tron here if you if you don't if you try not to think about it the dave sullivan gimmick could actually be a big stoner gimmick true he could just be on lsd or something coming out he wears bright colors he sees why are there kids on his fucking tron back there he's sweating a lot because he's a fucking child in the brain that's what they're trying to say you're trying he's to like, say he's childlike without calling like him, without calling, excuse me, retarded. <laughs> he's like Jack from fucking, <laughs> yeah. uh, Robin Williams and Jack. Oh, God, Jesus. Fucking, he's like big, grown up. Yeah, he's like, in reality, he's only nine years old. They airbrushed his fucking, uh, <laughs> robe at the Gatlinburg fucking airbrush shop. I know I get I get yeah, Gatlinburg yeah, yeah. in every episode. <laughs> I had to get it in this time. Look at those oh, fucking Joey Janela glasses. Those Folkleys over there, those fake Oakleys. God, Max Muscle, piece of shit. Whatever happened to him? He's got on a like a Rolex bracelet. <sighs> DDP. He's got two bracelets on, by the way. One on each arm. So, unrelated, but did you know... Glitter boots. That Max Muscle actually had a tag team with Art Barr, who was using the Beetlejuice gimmick called the Juice Patrol, and he was the big juice. And he was the juicer. You remember when you blacked out earlier? <laughs> <laughs> I just blacked out. <laughs> Dude, fuck Max Muscle. He is god awful. And the fact that he was in a tag team with Art Bar just tells you just... Art Bar carried the world on his back. <laughs> no wonder he like fucking OD'd on drugs. He's like, well, I was in a tag team with Max Muscle. Fuck this. Oh shit. So, oh, he did it. He over. He did the over the top. He put. He's like Lincoln Hawk. He put the hat on backwards. And it's unfucking strapped. By the way, it's not even. That's because he has a big head. He has a lot of brains in there. Mm-hmm. All right, DDP, you're going to smoke your cigar and no, you're going to chew it because you can't smoke inside. You know, the ironic thing about all this is I was really slow at work the other day and I was watching over the top. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude, this, this, okay, straight up, any fucking wrestling pay-per-view you see that says it has an arm wrestling fucking contest on it, don't even fucking watch it. It's not, because that just tells you they didn't have anything else better for these two guys to do or they didn't think they could have a fucking match together. If, I don't think I've ever seen a great arm wrestling contest. I've seen the one with 
Steiner and Triple H and all that stuff and Warrior like, and Rude. Warrior and Rude. Like those the those things never fucking work on TV. Well, I've never been a fan of them. I understand having the variety. But the thing is, people are there to watch wrestling. They're not there to watch arm wrestling. They're there to watch professional wrestling. I would rather see this on a Saturday night or a Nitro or something. I didn't pay my fucking money to see fucking Dave Sullivan jerk off in the ring right now. We can say all we want to. Dave Sullivan's actually in pretty damn good shape. And he's over right now. Oh my god. Dude, when he was in Neutralizer, he was in really good shape. Like He was fucking jacked. He had the skull it, though. Here we go. Let's get on! Fucking Nick Patrick there was wrist tape on for some reason. He about to blade? Yeah, he's hiding it just in case he needs it. Or do you try to go Look at this camera guy trying to hide in the fucking corner over here. Do you, do you see how they're shaking the camera a little bit too? Like, oh my god, the ring is so heavy. And there's a camera guy behind the diamond doll. Kevin Dunn would never allow that to happen. Oh, now he's shooting the foot. Shoot his foot. Shoot his foot. Get down there. Shoot his foot. The ref saw it. You get back. And she's like, come on, guys. Quit cheating. Come on now. I'm the diamond doll. Listen to me. I'm naive and stupid. I, you know, it makes you wonder if Paige really would have had him right here. Oh! <laughs> no, because Eva had one. And they fucking missed. They missed the whole angle that they just tried to shoot. <laughs> diamond doll now has to go on a date with Eva Sullivan with the bunny, too. She she looks she's like gonna she's gonna fuck her while that rabbit yeah. watches. She looks like she's upset about it, but like they totally missed the angle. Like the whole like they were zoomed in on them and not zoomed in on the fact that she gets pushed into Max Muscle or whatever and goes in the DDP, which is hilarious. DDP pushes him and then pushes him back and he's like, oh, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry." Look how look at all the empty seats back there for the uh, the hard camera. Look at all the pits in that guy's face from steroid use. Oh, oh. hug look. it out, buddy. So is Max Muscle still alive or didn't go that far because I didn't care. Oh. <laughs> like this tramp did it. I didn't do anything. Didn't it wasn't anything. me. I didn't do anything. She had really good like facial expressions. Facials. Yeah, like she she was over the top. Like you could read her lips, all that stuff. I know over top reference. <laughs> I got it in again. But like she now he's streaming at her and then Max Muscle's trying to save her. Also, DDP has a fanny pack on. Guarantee you there's weed in there. That's, where he, that, that's actually where he keeps his Ico Pro. I'll show you Ico Pro. Whoa. So I know you've you've seen pictures of her, and she was at the last show. Erica Lee, does, does she not kind of look like Erica Lee? Yeah, she does. I, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. I, I see it in the, in the face. I just don't understand. Like, And here they, like, oh, oh. here's something else I don't understand about this paper. Here we view. go. They let DDP cut a fucking oh, promo after so this. So they, they did a spot, right? If you go back and, and look... The cameraman had his foot, and he tapped. Uh, he tapped Kimberly's foot to show her when to fuck up the spot, like to fuck up the whole arm wrestling match. Mm-hmm. And they showed it there, and I ne- did not notice that the first time around. Yeah, I didn't either. And then they missed the whole angle anyway. So what the fuck was the point? But now they let DDP cut a fucking promo. Like, I just don't know. I don't. I don't like promos at the on the ramp during a pay-per-view no like save that shit for the next night on nitro or something well like uh, the, the stuff they end up doing with hogan and vader it makes more sense to do that because if you're, you're hyping something big this could have been a backstage segment they could have done but i don't know this is kind of weak sauce following that awesome match with pillman and alex wright with this uh max you, max muscle died 2019 wow 
I'm surprised. How old was he? He was 56. DDP is the one that broke the news. Oh man! But he was just—he was jacked. But you know, he didn't get that jacked. Fucking organically. Weed. Organically. <laughs> Look at this fucking jacket. Just fucking cutting the freaking promo here. Like blah blah blah. My name's DDP. I'm so fucking cute. Fucking DDP doesn't know when to shut his fucking mouth. Fucking Mean Gene's trying to wrap him up, and he just keeps talking. Keeps well, talking. He's, he's touching him on the back, telling him it's over. It's funny you notice these little cues now. Like he touched him on the back, saying it's over. And then he's still behind him talking. He's trying to keep his heat, baby. Still trying to talk. Also, did you know that Trevor Murdoch and Tyrus are fighting for the NWA World Title at NWA seventy four? That'll put some butts in the seats. Yeah, shout out to uh, Next Evolution follower Tom Latimer trying to get us to come to that awesome show. I mean. I get it. Tyrus is big because of his own Fox News, but I am just not a Tyrus fan. Never will be. Um, <laughs> Bobby Heenan, those glasses, man. They are fucking on point. Look at that pinky ring. Uh, see, see, I notice it more now that he's Tony's turning his whole body instead of turning his head. I do notice it. I mean, he only had surgery, what, like a month ago? Probably. It's very rigid. Very stiff. He must, be took, he must have took some blue chew before he got on there. Blue no. chew, not a sponsor of uh, Wrestling Room. <laughs> Yet. Did if they were, we'd be Davy Rich's jerk squatting all over Kimberly right then. I would have. I would have. I would have. Davy Rich's jerk squad. Oh, God. No, Travis. I, no. <laughs> why, are we, why do they have this long of a little cutaway? Like, WCW get, was infamous for this. They had to get the, the arm wrestling table out of the ring. It took that long. Did he put cut a five-minute promo? Yeah. Oh, God, oh, no. Jesus Christ. Fuck, no. Y'all were about to get Hacksaw Jim Duggan oh. versus Sergeant Craig Pittman. Good guy, Jim Duggan. Good guy. Just, I'm not a fan of watching you wrestle in 1995. You want to know how long this match is? Too fucking long. Eight minutes. I know. And Craig Pittman's out here. Because isn't Jim Duggan the replacement for Bagwell? He is. Yeah. Originally, it was supposed to be Craig uh, Pitbull Pittman uh, taking on Marcus Alexander Bagwell. But Bagwell suffered an injury and Duggan was announced as his replacement. I'm sure that put a lot of butts in the seats. Well, clearly. Like, I get it. He's going to get a pop for the USA thing. He's still wearing his... Uh, star knee pads from his 93 run where Yokozuna broke his ribs. When he had the singlet? Yep. He should still have the singlet yeah, on. He should still have the singlet on. But I'm just yeah, not a fan of, of Duggan Duggan's work. I, he even seems like, like a Mid- great guy. Like Mid-South stuff. Like, just not a Duggan fan. Uh, and, you know, shout out to him for... <laughs> that, that was, was pretty... Took, that was took pins are out. That was pretty funny there. But, like, I, I'll give it up to him. Like, you know, he's going through a rough patch with his cancer coming back and stuff. Great dude. Just not, just not my cup of tea. And this guy, not my cup of tea either. Apparently, though, lives in the Tennessee area where we are. In, a, ironically, a place called Pittman Center. Is that where he lives? Yeah. He lives right by us? Yeah. I don't know if he still does, but he used to live there. Like, right Sergeant, by where you yeah. like you bought your house. And it's yeah. like, Sergeant, throw away. Sergeant, Sergeant Craig Pittman lived in Pittman Center. Get it? Get it? Pittman. And he fuck already you. wrestled fuck one. You, Travis. He already fuck wrestled you. one time tonight. And he's a gomer. <laughs> yeah, Randy Hogan, you tell him he's a gomer. Yeah, they actually start chanting gomer, which gomer is from the Andy Griffith show. Uh, and then he went to have his own spinoff show, uh, Gomer. Gomer Powell. Uh, 
something. Uh, private, private, is it something? Yeah, it's like Gomer Pyle, U, U, UMC, USMC or something. I can't remember. I've seen some episodes of it because it used to come Your on. Your parents used to watch it? Yeah. My parents used to watch it too. Pittman already worked twice tonight, which yep. is, he better have got some, he better padded the lope for him because he's worked twice Look in front of this crazy crowd. He is. He's crazy. Got them crazy eyes. This crowd does not care about Craig Pittman. Just going to tell you that. Well, they put right a, they put over in the show that he already had one match earlier, and I imagine they didn't care then either. He's fucking his finisher is Brandon's favorite flavor of Mountain Dew, the Code Red. Oh my god! Again, again, Brandon's favorite wrestler now is Craig Pittman. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon, say nothing if you agree with us. Got it. Set in stone. <laughs> fucking Craig Pittman, Brandon, Brandon A. Lane's favorite wrestler. Bra- Brandon's actually here. He just has laryngitis, or as I call it, the uh, the Canadian throat. Yeah, the Canadian deep throat. Oh, look at that! That's an order. Canadian crud. All right, it's I'm he's... surprised they didn't try to get Sergeant Slaughter to come over Is here. Fucking and... Nick Patrick, the only ref here. This is back to back matches. He's ref. Well, that first, that last one wasn't a match. Yeah, I know. But still. Well, who was the ref in the first match? Randy Anderson. Randy, Anderson. Randy Pee Wee Anderson. Randy, yeah, so Anderson. I was going to do like a little career retrospective on Pitbull Craig Pittman, but you know, uh, the only thing I got really, he served in the Marine Corps until the early 1990s, uh, and he was also a product of the power plant. Uh, after uh, WC, leaving WCW in 1997, so he was around for about two years, he wrestled in independent promotions until 2004 uh, when he retired and became a deputy sheriff. So. This match is so long. I was like, what can we talk about to kind of take up some of this match? Because there's not a whole lot going on here. The power plant, where Craig Pittman was bred out of. Let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> it was originally Jody Hamilton's training school in, in 1989, including Kevin Nash as uh, one of the first trainees. Mm-hmm. The call. Oh, fuck you. But, but then like D- DDP went down there and honed his skills and all the stuff he... There's, they honestly said no one put in more time at the power plant than uh, than DDP, which is weird to me too. That this is a pay per view and they're using the WCW oh. Saturday Night Map. Oh, they you, are. You yeah, that? I see that now. WCW and crosshairs. That means uh, Klondike Bill may have packed the wrong one. Yeah, shitty fucking hip toss there. By the it way, was so bad. Uh, it became the power plant in 1995, which is notable. Notable talent that came from the power plant. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and name. Three. I'm gonna name. I'm gonna name five for you. Go for it. Goldberg. Yep. Is one. The Giant. Yep. Is two. Uh, <laughs> Kenny Chaos and Robbie Rage. <laughs> That's four and five. And then oh, uh, Miss Ma- uh, Gorgeous George. She was trained down there. Here's what I got. So some of those are on here. So yeah, Tank. Suck my dick. Tank Abbott. Oh. C. W. Anderson. Uh. Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Well, he's rookie of the year three years in a row, so. Gotta be. He, was, he had eligibility. <laughs> he had eligibility. <laughs> you only had to wrestle so many times that year and still be a rookie. Uh, Shark Boy. That's that's weird. I did not know that one. Crowbar. Mm, I did know that one. Uh, David Flair. <laughs> this one surprised me. Shad Gaspard. Oh, I did not know that I did that not know one. that. R.I.P. Shad, a great guy. Sorely missed. Jesus Christ. I do know. He, oh, he landed on his feet, though, and then he but like so I will say that uh PowerPoint didn't do David Flair any uh any any, any favors so oh. he had to go to OVW when he got signed to WWE. Uh, there's a few of your favorites on this list. No. And I, I intentionally added them on this list because I, there was I a lot love, there was a lot of people but I, I narrowed it down. Uh Van Hammer. Fuck Van Hammer. <laughs> what was that hand motion you're just like that's the high voltage thing. 
like that Matt Hardy used to do, Treasure Troll Hardy. Remember, because he said he sent in a tape when he was called High Voltage to WCW Power Plant, and then like three months later, they had a tag team called High Voltage on TV. That's funny. I did not realize that, but it's hilarious. Do that. Do it one more time. <laughs> I wish you guys could see this. It's like a. It's supposed to be like a lightning bolt. Brandon, isn't that cool? He says yes. He shook his head yes. Uh, He's got Tim Hortons in his mouth right now. He's fine. Wildcat Chris Harris. That's weird. Sugar Shane Helms. Sugar Shane. For the break His finisher was so fucking cool. Dude, that, he was super over at the end of WCW. I'll give him that. Uh, your favorite, Glacier. Fuck Glacier. Chad Fortune. Fuck. Techno, Techno Team, team 2. Travis. Travis. I thought Travis was Eric Watts. I don't fucking remember. It was Travis and Troy. They were TNT. <laughs> so stupid. Mark Jindrak. Chris. <laughs> Mark Jindrak. Fuck Mark Jindrak. Go to, go to Mexico. Oh, I saw him at the Smoky Stadium. <laughs> I know you did. He's pale now. Oh, we saw, I saw him at the NWA show. Remember, he was in line behind me. I'm like, hey, man. He was really nice. Uh, Canyon. R.I.P. Chris Canyon. Ernest the Cat Miller. Somebody Sean, call his mama. Somebody call his mama. Sean O'Hare. Chuck Palumbo. Primetime Elix Skipper. God, Elix Skipper. Fucking underrated, man. End of WCW, beginning of TNA. Like, I don't know what ever happened to that guy, but he was athletic as fuck. He, he could not cut Canada. a promo to save his life. Well, his voice didn't match. He had that Bobby Lashley voice. He didn't have, his voice didn't match his athleticism. He was like, hey, my name's Elix Skipper. Yeah. He did. He, like he, Michael Jackson voice almost. And I was like, man... He's just, lucky. You need a mouthpiece. I still think Elix Skipper being part of Team Canada was the shit. Uh, Lance Storm and WCW, another bright spot towards the end of WCW, Lance Storm, all of his title belts, fantastic. It's just tore his shirt. Oh, no, you don't, you no, stupid I, son of a bitch. He has to go back to Gatlinburg and buy that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> United States Marine Corps, USMC. Uh, the giant Molly Holly, gorgeous George. Uh, right. No, she, she, she missed Madness. No, Molly, Molly Holly was Miss Madness. Miss Madness. She was Mona. Goldberg and AJ Styles. Also, now, wouldn't you say Dennis Rodman was trained there? I could say, yeah. Carl mm-hmm. uh, Malone as well. Carl Malone. Uh, I said along with pretty much any celebrity. I have that in my notes. No. Uh, also, a lot of racial issues took place at the power plant, including Jody Hamilton and Paul Orndorff apparently being super racist, using the N-word quite a bit. Well, that doesn't really surprise me because he is from Florida, (laughs) as Brandon would say. No offense, from like there's a different time, and that kind of just flew around a lot in the South. So, isn't that right, Brandon? Yeah, fuck, man. He said his racist grandma would agree. So, he nods his head too much. God, man, this eight minutes seems like (laughs) thirty. Just could have. I just broke down the fucking power plant, and here we are. This match is still going on. Hacksaw. Also, you know who else? Well, he wasn't trained at the power plant, but he worked out at the power plant a lot. Was Triple H? Yep. He used to work out with DDP. That's how they became friends, and that's how Triple H became friends with uh, the Big Show. There's also some more stuff about how um, Sergeant uh, was it Buddy Lee Parker? Yeah, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. That he one half of the Highway Patrol. That he ran it like a fucking boot camp. And all that they focused on was conditioning and not actually wrestling. That's why a lot of these guys, um, they came out having, you know, they could probably last in the ring, but they fucking were terrible in the ring. Well, DDP, uh, not DDP, uh, Batista also had a tryout at the power plant. Yes. He talked about that on his little WWE doc, that he was like 300 pounds though at the time and was not 
they're not in shape for the conditioning training that they were supposed to do there. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that came out. Uh, uh, Louis Thoreau, uh, well, you guys all know the my money dome jiggle jiggle it folds. He yeah. the the whole idea of that of his whole show on the BBC was to go to different places and go to you know see different things. Like he went and saw the Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, the whole thing about him becoming a rapper that that song you know has become like a fucking meme. Um, he went to the power plant. And they literally stretched the shit out of him and made him puke and everything. Oh. Uh, so they were, they were trying to protect the business, though, back then. It was a little different thing. God, here comes Code Red. It's just Code a fucking, it's just a fucking like, arm bar, is it not? Well, not it doesn't even have it in right because they're too close to the ropes. Like, when he usually does it, he sits back on it. There it is. Now he's doing it right. But it, like he gets DQ'd because he won't let it go. He broke some. He broke Scott Demore quote unquote arm earlier in the night. Is what they were putting over here. Is like I just see, don't. Al Snow. Al Snow will bash you, bash you or something, brother. I just don't understand how. How are those? Are those King match? of the Ring shirts in the background? Uh, think that is one. That is a King of the Ring shirt in the background. White shirt. But uh, like here, but my thing is, how is this a pay per view match? Like pay per view means so much more, I guess, now than it did then. Like because this match is just thrown on the card, the Harlem Heat match we're going to see is just thrown on the card. Like I can understand, like why why would you buy this pay per view with the matches that are talked about? Like there's one big match and that's it, and I guess that sold it. But like why I would not pay to see Jim Duggan and, and Pittman. I'm well, sorry, this or has... Bagwell and Pittman. This has a very low buy rate compared to some of the other shows. And like I said, I feel like that kind of goes back to Hogan not being on it. But we'll get to that as well when we hit towards the main event. Um, and we talk about Hogan kind of having that creative control clause where it was said that he would intentionally not work certain pay-per-views because he knew like kind of the algorithm of how the shows would go and what months were the hotter months to where they would draw more people and make more money. And it so made it look like he was He was reason. drawing it so he could always use that as leverage to make more money. Fucking smart. Not going to knock the guy for that. I mean, uh, it's a cunt move, but like... Great I, American Bash? Doesn't work for Terry, brother. Come oh. to think about it, Hogan doesn't work 96 or 97. No, I don't think so. No. But I love this promo here. I'm not going to lie. William Regal, really young here, still looks 50. Yeah. His son wrestles now, man. Um, NXT. We were uh, NXT UK, and I didn't had no idea. Uh, we we talked about on our uh, Next Evolution podcast that we should really start watching NXT UK more. Uh, I did go back and watch that match between Dragunov and uh, Nathan Fraser, a.k.a. Uh, ben Carter, who um, wrestled for us back in the day. Great kid. Um, went to Black and Brave. But... I believe it's that same show or the next show. Real Sun's on there, and holy shit, that finishing move I showed you—he mm-hmm. like he literally bends someone up like a pretzel. It's pretty damn good. I do like how they like he will not let Bobby eat and talk. Yeah, and, Bob- and, and Oberlin keeps trying to talk to him, and then and Regal keeps pulling him back. Like, nope, no, no, we're not going to talk to him. Have you ever heard of how he got this gimmick? Because I haven't. I, I pretty much like he was Triple H's replacement. Because remember, the Blue Bloods originally were Triple H and Regal. Yeah. And then, like, Regal didn't have a tag partner anymore, so then he kept talking about how that, I guess he, I don't know exactly how it happened, but, like, they found it, pretty much Bobby Eaton wasn't doing anything, 
So they put him with Regal, and his thing is Regal traced his bloodline and found that he had royal blood, and that's why he's Earl Robert of Eaton. Like, he's Robert Eaton now, not Bobby Eaton. He's Earl of Eaton. Earl Robert of Eaton. Yep. So he's, he's um that's how it was, and I think it was just pretty much keep William Regal in a tag team and stuff, which they could have been tag champs at this point, I think. I mean, the tag division was weak. It's funny you say that because in my notes it said the tag division still sorely is needing the Steiner brothers. Because Triple H has even said that Regal and him were in line for a tag title run. Like when they started that tag team and then he left anyway because he wanted to work more. He didn't want the... He wanted the experience. He wanted the so. experience. He didn't want to not work. And um, and then he when he left, they just kind of inserted Bobby Eaton into it. John Paul Levesque? John Paul Levesque. 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 Which is weird that he was using his real name at the at the time. This is an added match. Look at all the empty seats over there, though. That's that, that, that hard, hard cam. This is an added match here. We're going to get the Harlem Heat versus Dirty Dick Slater and Bunkhouse Buck. This match, slightly shorter than the ta- uh, slightly, tag match. Slightly racist as well. This is probably our not-so-PC moment of the moment of the show because he talks about a woman's place and everything. He talks about how he's going to... He's like, I'm going to show you where you need to be. And then he kisses her, and then they have this big thing. He forces himself upon her. Well, this Look is how like, fucking sweaty. This Rob is all main event, is. right? Yes. Sherry's still still looking like a dime here. It's the leather. It's the pleather for me. Stevie Ray is wearing a t-shirt, though. I don't get that unless he had some kind of like injury, injury or tattoo done or something. Maybe... Some kind of surgery that he didn't want to mess up, but like I just don't. I never liked him wearing oh, that here. Oh my god, that's she's technically right. Booker T should have just knocked his ass out. She got myself. She she's fighting him off, but then like it's weird that they, it leads into them actually being like lovers. They both both teams worked main event. Yep. I feel like they could have just left this match main event. Like there's so much other talent that's back there that's not on this show. Like Johnny B. Bad's on the show. Oh man, fuck you, Jimmy Golden. From Bucksnort, Tennessee. Hey, Brandon, have you ever been to Bucksnort, Tennessee? You have. What'd you do there? Oh, okay. Okay. He had a mouthful. Yeah, he didn't know. <laughs> those uh, those trippies are getting the best of them fucking, today. Fucking dirty dick Slater, man. Fuck. <sighs> like, I, where, where was his place in WCW at this point? I have in my notes here that I hate this match already. It's not even started. And it's not Harlem Heat's fault. Like, these guys right here just did not have good chemistry together. We've watched them work before. Here's the thing I don't understand, too, because Bischoff had made it well known that he did not want, like, he wanted the Southern out of WCW. He wanted to be more of a national style, not a Southern style, like, territory. But yet they have, like, the stud stable. Like, I don't understand it. It is weird, too, because Stevie Ray has on these big... um, you notice that he has on those big elbow pads? Yeah. He never really wore elbow pads like that. So yeah, There might be an under, underlying injury. Hard to believe Booker T would go on to be a, as big of a star as he is. I mean, rightfully so, but he is definitely fantastic. They say that Stevie Ray's in better shape now than he was in WCW. And he wasn't in bad shape either, mm-hmm. though. But like they're saying like he's like toned up and everything. Like He's in better shape now than he was in WCW. One last run, brother. Booker, Booker T just came out of retirement for his uh, reality of wrestling show. That. He looked he looked fantastic. He had his a uh, ninety eight Booker T red uh, Harlem flame, tights on flames yeah. on, and he had a uh, he had a little bit of, he has a little bit of gray in his beard too. Yeah, those dreads are super long now. 
But good for him, getting in there and still proving that he can do it with a bunch of young guys he's training. Like It's got to be a thrill for those guys. Harlem Heat went from having one of the best matches of Slamboree against the Nasty Boys versus... Uh, this this match and it's just it's just like they're better than this. I'm like, gonna I'm gonna tell you right now though, Booker T definitely the Sean Stevie Ray to the Genetti. <laughs> I just am I'm at my point in watching through '99 where Harlem Heat just got back together after the whole NWO white and black thing and everything. Like they just got back together. They're not battling for the T yet. In Booker T's oh, name, but Jesus Christ, with Big T. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Oh man, Johnson. Stevie Ray, I mean, all in all, not a terrible worker. I've seen a lot worse. He's not the best. Yeah. Seen a lot worse. He's a power guy, though. But like he just doesn't have He had personality too. He's just rigid. But Booker T is the complete package. He has the athleticism. He can he can cut a promo. He has the, the personality and the character. And he has the body. He looks like he looks like a fucking million bucks. And to be honest with you, Booker T looks like if you shaved him, if you like shaved his hair and put him like the, the similar hairstyle and stuff he has there, he wouldn't look really that much different. Like he has no. not aged. He's like, he's kind of like a Dustin Reynolds. He's got the fountain of youth kind of going on. Oh yeah. looks great. I know he has that big tattoo on his back now. It's like yeah. a huge back, back piece, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, Dick Slater, I could talk about his career, but I'd rather talk about his wild life outside the ring. Dark journey. Slater began wrestling with Mike Graham at Robinson High School. Well, that's enough to just end on right there. Uh, we'll get there. In Tampa, Florida, he attended the University of Tampa with Paul Orndorff, also a known racist. Mm-hmm. Tell them we're about to hit up a clan rally. Oh, shit. Uh, before uh, coming to mid-class or uh, mid-Atlantic championship wrestling, Slater was involved in an incident where Wahoo McDaniel shot him. Slater McDaniel... Tommy Rich and Andre the Giant were at a bar in Atlanta when someone in the bar made a comment about Tommy Rich's wife, which angered Tommy Rich and Wahoo Daniel. The man who uh, commented about Rich's wife got a knife, and seeing that, uh, Wahoo McDaniel went out and got a gun. Andre and Slater went out of the parking lot and watched the altercation. While they were watching, McDaniel pistol-whipped the man and the gun went off. Slater was hit by the bullet in the leg. Slater told the police that a sniper had shot him. He would return to the (laughs) ring in just three weeks. However, piece of shit guy, fucking amazing story, fucking amazing. He got shot in the leg, was working again in three weeks. He's like, yep, just sniper. Sniper in the bushes. There, There's a lot of cases where he, he would constantly get hurt and continue working because it's just the way, it was the nature of wrestling back then. It was Charlie, not Nam came after <laughs> Gosh, I got sniper rifles. <laughs> Imagine the cops, I'm like, okay, that's fucking weird. Right, uh, Steve, you don't spit so much. Jeez. So, you know, he, he would shortly, you know, stop wrestling um, around this time, you know, not too long after this time. He doesn't last much longer in WCW. Uh, but in June of 2004... Slater was convicted of attacking his former girlfriend, Teresa Halbert. On December 27, 2003, it was reported that Slater had stabbed Halbert with a butcher's knife. Slater claimed that he, the night before the incident, had no recollection. He had received a shot of morphine and two 40-milligram Oxycontins. Who looks like an Oxy guy? For numerous back injuries. That's where he, why he had to retire, because he had neck and back injuries. Uh, in an interview uh, with Mid-Atlantic Gateway, Slater said that it was all drug-related, most of it all. I mean, I couldn't tell you what happened. If I didn't know what happened, I gone... <laughs> I, I gone... No, sorry. I'm trying to get my notes here. I got, I got distracted by this shitty match. Uh, I really don't know what took place, other than I was... 
I woke up in intensive care in the hospital. I had gone to the hospital by the by ambulance the night before. On June 10, 2004, Slater was sentenced to one year of house arrest and two years probation. He was sentenced to keep away from Halbert and pay more than $18,000 in restitution. Basically, he had to continue doing signings and shit to pay off what he owed because he, he didn't have any money saved up. Um, also, uh, there, the story goes, like, he stabbed her quite a bit, and, like, sh- there's no reason that she should be alive, but he has no recollection of doing it because he was so fucked up. And the drugs and stuff that he had in his system. Which is fucking wild. Like, there's just some crazy, crazy you, shit. You, you, you can tell the Stained Dark Journey story? We've already talked about it, uh, where, um, she was actually dating, um, somebody, and I think that's the reason. It's not so much that she was she was black, but she was actually dating somebody. I cannot remember who it was, and she needed a ride, and Sting gave her the ride, and that's why he was going to beat the shit out of him and all that. Because he thought he was trying to sleep with her. Yes. Instead of- also, do you know who he dated for the longest time? Baby doll. Luna Vachon. Oh, shit. That explains a lot. Yep. I should have known that from watching Luna's Dark Side of the yes. Ring. Yes. I just I just guessed baby doll, because it looks like that'd be the type of woman he'd go for. Spin a Rooney. Not saying anything bad about Baby Doll. It's gonna ba- be at a Baby Doll, you just a bad. She's she's gonna be at NWA seventy four. Uh, this oh, get your tickets at nwatix.com. You're welcome for the free plug, Tom. Our apologies to Chris uh, Chris Russo. Piece I don't. Shit. Nope. Not apologizing. Uh, this match blows cock. Uh, crowd does not give a shit. No, it's and, and like for this, and I had this the first time I watched it. For this to be an added bonus, you're you're fucking want, making me want to turn the TV off. Like I'm gonna want to ask for money back if this is the bonus you're gonna give me. See, he's got some on his arm there. Yeah, I see that. Yep. But like, see, like if this is the added bonus, I don't want this match. It's, give me the Hogan. Just show me the Hogan promo from main event or something. Like, don't give me this match. See, the thing, the problem with all of this is Hogan didn't have to work this show, and he's already there. Why would you not do the contract signing on this show to help? Booster some some yes uh, some pay per view La- last minute buys just build it up on main event have him invade well not be- even just hype it up on Saturday night that they can't be trusted with each other and they do a big pull apart their security and shit out there break it up I mean and it, oh that's a that's a nice big boot give, give Jimmy dang, Golden the- he's got the dang tight jeans on that the kids wear these days oh man they got he's wearing them just as high as they wear them now too the kids wear high waters these days next thing you'll know he's gonna be squatting his truck out back in the- Back my dude, the Carolina squad. He's gonna have uh, he's gonna have a sticker on the back that says "locally hated," and no one's gonna know who he is. <laughs> then he's gonna have like a pissing on a Ford sticker. Yep. Maybe even a Yeti cooler sticker. Yeti cooler yeah. sticker, uh, an Earnhardt and Ray Hell Praise Dale sticker. Maybe even a Confederate flag, you know, bumper sticker because they don't make that. Oh, they still make that stuff. There's a shop. You can find us in Gatlinburg. <laughs> There's a shop at Pigeon Forge on the back road. <laughs> It's fine. Fuck this area, man. <laughs> it's true. It's heritage, not hate. We just probably lost 10,000 subscribers. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon, how do you feel about Jimmy Gold? Oh, fuck. No. Dang, I really wish you could talk. <laughs> you freaking got the dangs. Was it? The chirpies. Sades? The sa- <laughs> Don't ask me to explain. <laughs> Good, I don't want to. <laughs> Dude, oh my god, this match is so bad. And you wonder why they drew as many uh, well, buys from this they show. Don't even have, they don't even have Booker T getting the heat. He's getting the hot tags. We've had to deal with Stevie Ray in there for the last fucking five minutes. You know, they could have made it a bigger deal. We know we get the, the finals to the... the uh, How high are fucking Booker T's underwear? They're sticking out of the top of his... I see that. Jesus sinker. Christ. 
they're, they're, honestly, it's probably just uh, like um, trunks yeah. that he's wearing underneath. God, the referee's losing control. Oh, no. Pee Wee Anderson. Pee Wee Anderson oh, get oh. in there. Oh. Right, oh. Just, just. Oh, he's got he's him rolled cradle. up. He's got him oh, cradle. the finish. <laughs> wee. Oh, wee. We got you. We got you. Smell my fingers, Booker. Smell them. Help me. Help me. Fingers in your mama's Help gym. me. Help me, you bitch. Where are you at? Your I, got heels, I got heels on. I got heels on. Up one, two. Three. One, two, three. And I like how Cardinal Robert Parker had to not jump in the ring, even though it would have been disqualification. Right, that, right there, he could have sold it. Oh, oh, he got burnt. Did you see it? That's it. Yep, we just saw. God it. damn! What did he get burnt from? Jesus, was that something wrestling related? I don't know. I never noticed that though. Well, yep, that was it though. That's why he had all that stuff on it. He must have been like pyro accident. Oh or my god! I did not see that the now, first time I watched this, but holy that's shit! That's the first time you do see it. I think that's why he's got the elbow pads on and all that stuff. Dude, that had to fucking hurt or to work he, in. Or if he had like a uh, motorcycle accident, something. Or something. That makes more sense now. I f- okay, it makes sense. No. Imagine him working like that. That had to hurt. Uh, yeah. That had to fucking hurt. I think you might be right. It could have been like a car accident. It could have been something like that, like a yeah. like a, a bike accident. I will say they. they he's we, not really hitting him in the back though. Like they're trying to stay away from it. I, I give him that. that like, kudos to him for working two matches though. We with that. I'm about to re- do a little research on that because I did not notice that either. But now that makes all the sense in the world as to why. He's wearing a shirt. Sorry, Stevie. We made fun of your fashion choice, but now we know that. Uh, definitely was really? some kind of some road rash or some um, something uh, that was some, something that made, It looked like, like he was burnt. That's what it looked like, like to ripped me. the back of your your bag off. Pretty Jesus much. Jesus Christ. Oh, here we go. Oh, God. Nick fucking Bockwinkle. Uh, Vader comes out here. There's Eric Bischoff. Vader yells, I'm tired of your shit. I'm tired of your... He he, he realizes the mic's on. He said shit twice, though. Vader has a singlet on backwards. How? How do you do this? I I wonder if it was supposed to be in saying Vader time on the back. And then WWF was like, you realize if you put it on the front, it probably no. makes more sense. No, because the way that the cu- it's cut. Oh, there's Hogan. Seriously. Why is Hogan here on main event? That's what I don't understand. Jimmy's there too. Why would you not fucking just do a contract signing or do this on the actual fucking pay-per-view and do a huge pull-apart? They do a pull-apart with like three people. Yeah, Jim Duggan, Sting, Evad, which I'm surprised that Evad even knew how to get to the ring to help. Sorry. Vader's pissed. I'm pissed, little man. I'm pissed. I'm tired of your shit. What time is it? Tired of your shit. Doug Dillinger there. Here we go. <laughs> so, so, fun fact, this picture of uh, Tony Schiavone is the picture in our group chat. Yeah. Uh, the first time I watch this, Nick Bockwinkle is the commissioner and is making the match between Hogan and Vader at Bash of the Beach in a cage. However, Nick Bockwinkle forgets the name of Bash of the Beach and Tony has to remind him. The face Tony makes and Bobby has to hide from laughing. So he, he gets all excited. They're going to fight in a steel cage match at the next show, the Great American Bash at the... What's it called? Yeah, you have to watch Bobby Heenan. He has to turn around so he it doesn't turn, laugh. Yeah, he's laughing. Well, him and Bachman will go... Uh, not here. It's no, coming. no, yeah, it's coming. Because you're about to see Shivani's eyes. Here it is, there right it is. here. It's screwed up right now. And he's like, bashed at the beach. <laughs> it looks... 
He cuts back and he has a, he, he has to stand behind Bachwinkle. He's biting his lip. Laugh. He's biting his and lip. And like Shivani keeps looking at Hayden because Hayden was laughing or something. I'm gonna fight for the title. I'm gonna fight for the title. But literally, like Heenan had to get out of camera because, like, you just see him lean behind Botwinkle, and fucking Shivani looks at him and loses Dude, it. That face Shivani made, I had to rewind it like three times because I had to take a picture of it. It's woo, Fl- uh, butterfly robe. Yep the the daunted butterfly robe that everybody was looking for for so long that fucking Conrad got that with WWE's help, I guess they kind of co-own it, but. It was crazy how that guy was trying to rip them off, which I get, I kind of get why, but... Ric Flair in this promo says, Savage, I took your wife in 92. I took your dad at Slambury. Graphic. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, though, I, I kind of hate it because he goes back and talks about a WWF angle. It's like, what if like people were watching WCW in 92? They're like, you guys weren't here in 92. What are you talking about? And then like that just directs you to go look for the competition and see what happened there. I don't really like it. Especially in 95. He could have said something along lines like, he's a, well, I mean, he could even would have said, I took your title in 92. But, I mean, same thing, yeah. you know. Um, I did have my notes too here. Would it not have made more sense to put the arm wrestling match on the main event and it made Hogan versus Vader contract signing in chaos on the show? Like, I like how Flair says, uh, Father's Day, all the more reason to me to embarrass you in front of the world and your father. And like him and Gene Okerlund always had great, great by God, great chemistry. Gene, this is before Gene Okerlund has the fat, just... fat alcoholic <laughs> hand and stuff. Sorry, so we talked we talked about this on the podcast before, but for the longest time, me and Travis could not figure out why me and Gene Okerlund had this big fucking arm. Turns out he had liver complications, and that's yeah, why. And that was it. And he wonder had why like he had a, liver complications. He had like a kidney transplant and stuff like that, and. It, I kind of felt bad afterwards, but then I was like, you know what? He's living his fucking best life because he's still fucking drinking. On Legends House, he was still fucking drinking. Every fucking day. Oh, and he, like, if you've never watched the bloopers of Gene Okerlund doing interviews in WWF in the 80s, look it up. My it favorite is one hilarious. is still when the sign falls and goes, fuck it! <laughs> I also like when, uh, like, they're doing the whole, is it, it's, it's the Luger no, not Luger. It's a uh, Flair's thing, and he's like, "Put that cigarette out!" Like he just had, he just had uncanny ability just to add little quips in there. And here we come, Ultimate Warrior from from Wish. Uh, it's literally they ripped the music off. And <laughs> he was running to the ring. T O S S I. I will say, if this would have been Warrior, I think it would have been a big deal. It would have been a big deal, but would the TV title been beneath him? Oh yeah. Well, like that's the thing. He'd want to be the main event. You honestly, what would have happened is Hogan and Warrior would have became a tag team, mm-hmm. and Savage would have been in that group as well. But Savage would be going for the U.S. title, or he'd be in the TV title, and Sting would be going for the TV title. Yep, I could see that. Warrior, I could see Warrior being in the U.S. title tournament almost too. I, it's I, beneath I think them, I think that would have put Warrior and Flair together. Because that never happened, really, on a main stage. But when you break it down, I mean, the, the amount of hills you had in 95, you you don't really have anybody in that echelon of that. I just hate that he has R's painted on his arm like he thought that was fucking cool. Uh, he, bear with me on this. If you had the warrior, would you not turn Savage heel? I would have. I would have made Savage a heel, which would have probably made sense, because then you would have had Flair, Savage, and... Uh, 
Arn versus Sting, Warrior, and Hogan. I could see them trying to put Vader with Warrior as well. Yeah. Vader. Well, you could put Vader. Well, you already had Vader, Flair, and Arn. But you could have found a fourth person to put with Savage and them. Arn is wearing the new television title belt. Yep. That that is on the Ricky Steamboat figure that Ricky Steamboat never heard that held that version of the title. That, those Sting headbands are so old. Still have not seen that Ricky Steamboat figure in the wild. Fucking Arn. Look at the crowd like, yeah, Arn, fucking love you. He's wearing the Enforcer jacket. Badass. Very um, Brain Buster-esque. Mm-hmm. Did we ever get Arn and Tully as the actual Brain Busters? I know they had that Maddie Collectors, but they didn't have the Brain Buster jackets, did they? No. They were a Brain Buster set for Jax that came with yes. Bobby Heenan. Yes. And everything. But it's like they pretty much give this nice new shiny belt to Arn Anderson to for give him to it drop. to a piece of shit that doesn't deserve it. Yeah, I, it's such a terrible gimmick. How does this guy get the pyro and the title shot? Also, um, Ring Girls are Hooter girl, Hooters girls, by the way. It is. They're running around out there. In Dayton, Ohio, they have Hooters girls, which is amazing to me. But like, well, this could have been Alex Wright, man. Really, this could have been Pillman. Yeah. Why the fuck is it this guy? He flames out. Like this is his only claim to fame for this year. Who beats him for the TV title? Um, is it Regal? It maybe we might have to look that up. I just know that he's terrible, and it, it was blatant freaking Ultimate Warrior ripoff, and it sucked. He could not work when he came out. The crowd did not care. They, but the thing is, if you're watching a WCW show, you're going there for Flair. You're going there for Arn. You're going there for these. Oh, I was awful. You're going there for these guys that kind of built WCW up. You're not coming there to see the fucking Renegade. He can he can barely fucking run the ropes. It's wild, dude. It's terrible. It, it's just it's so bad. Actually, he loses the television title to Diamond Dallas Page at Fall Brawl. Oh, thank God. But, like, it's just it's just so bad, man. It was blatant ripoff. The whole Terminate on site BS. The thing with him, too, is he's a short guy. He's not a jack. He's not tall. He's probably about, what, 6'2"? Well, well, that, and he's not, like, muscular ripped. Like the, I just, He's athletic. Don't get me wrong. He looks like the Dingo Warrior. But, like, I just n- never understood this whole renegade thing. It's like they couldn't get Jim Hellwig, and instead of getting out of their own way, they created a gimmick to be like Jim Hellwig. There was an interesting fact when this match started that I forgot to mention, but when Renegade gets attacked by Arn from behind, the crowd fucking cheer for Arn and they boo the Renegade. It's because no one believes this guy. Like they know he's a ripoff. Like that. It's just that's just the truth about it. They know it's a ripoff, and uh, they just don't want to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't I don't think anyone gives a shit about this character. R.R. Raging Roids. <laughs> Roid, Roid Raging. Roid Rage. Or Hemorrhoids Raging, whatever. Rage Roided. I, I don't even want to take the Roids part of it, but like, fuck, man. He's got the hair to Jeff with, the, the tassels on his arms pants Jeff with. Like, this is as close as Jeff and we're going to get in 95. So I remember watching this as a kid, too, and not thinking that my brain was so... You know, I guess this is supposed to be more garnered towards the adults to be like, hey, this is the warrior coming. I didn't think that it was the warrior coming. I just thought it was another character called the Renegade. Like, I even as a kid, I'm like, that's not the fucking Ultimate Warrior. It's fucking common sense. It's not the warrior. Yeah. Arn having to sell for this guy, though, you know, in the back of his mind, he's like, fuck. 
The thing is, this the Renegade would have been a good foil as a heel for the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. Like, he would have fit the M.O. of the Dungeon like of it, Doom. If they could have converted him and, like, come to the dark side or whatever, that would have been kind of cool. But th- then they didn't do that. And then they didn't even use him after, like, Fall Brawl 95. Well, he just kind of falls to their, off the... To their credit, they probably realized it was a failed experiment and they let yeah. it go. Because, I mean, they, they put him in the stratosphere putting him with Hogan. Like, reality, Pillman. It should have been Pillman. It should have been... That's um, right. Anybody. <laughs> well, the problem also is, is like, they never changed his name after this. Like, he's still called the Renegade. And he's teaming with Joe Gomez on, like, Saturday night and stuff and Thunder. It's, it's, it's not good. Like, at least get the Renegade stench off the guy. Give him another... Well, the only intellectual property, so I guess it made sense. Yeah. Who wants to own the Renegade? You know what I think of when I think of Renegade? I think of that show with Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> he was the freaking biker guy or whatever, and that's what I think of when I think of Renegade. Not this bullshit here, and he's doing the pulling the power from the fans bullshit. He is. He, they literally said, "Watch the greatest hits of the Ultimate Warrior be that." That's that's what they did. It, it never gave him a chance to be his own person. Oh God! Which I don't. I would be scary to see what his own person would have been. His tights are ripped between his legs. By the way, <laughs> waiting for his balls to come out like Rory Fox. Been there. But like, oh, you, know, you see it again. Like, oh, he no sells the enziguri. <sighs> God, shake the ropes. Just do it. Just shake the fucking ropes. Um, renegade or warrior? Who is the better worker? <laughs> Brandon, I can tell you want to talk about it. Right? I know you can't. I know you can't, man. I know you can't say it. He's gonna say renegade because he's a renegade, Mark. Deep down, yes. but uh, God, Arn is so sweaty. Um. I, I'm going to give it to Warrior just because I feel like he did more things. Um, I don't see fucking Renegade press slamming people. I get that Warrior was probably a rough worker and stiff and shit, but like, I feel like he was probably the better worker. He kind of knew what to do. They also worked with people like Randy Savage and Hogan that told him what to do. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna change my answer. I'm gonna say the Renegade was the safer worker, and probably the better worker. Wow. Who? Well, I was gonna say who you think made more money, but it's very obvious who made yeah. more money. <laughs> I mean, Renegade also was trained at the power plant, so at least he had some fundamentals. Warrior just got put in a ring in the freaking mid south and was like, "Oh, you're a bodybuilder. Do bodybuilder things. Do power oh, moves." See, they, they they fucked that spot up. He was supposed to feed into it. Arn got pissed off. Here's here's my impression of Warrior going to Jim uh, Bill Watts asking for training. He's like, Bill, I need to I need to get some training. And he's like, and Bill Watts is like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> oh, you you're right, you're road on uh, Blade Runner Rock. <laughs> oh, just stand in the ring and look like you're a fucking bodybuilder. But but Bill, I can get the power, the power of the warrior. He's like, you just get out of here. What What are you talking about? Gimmicks? Sting, you're friends with this guy. <laughs> your gimmicks? You're You're a gim- No, 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 no. You're 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 our road warrior knockoffs. Just shut the fuck up. And then he's over there like, but Bill. He's like, no, no, it's fine. I'm gonna be a dingo warrior somewhere else. <laughs> he's like, Bill, you're just full of Bill. You're just full of destructivity. <laughs> Brandon, calm down over there. You look like you want to chime in. I understand. I got this. I got it. Oh, man. And then he, then he's like, Bill's like, you're just a roided out piece of shit. Get out of here. Then go, and then he's like, fine. I'm gonna go to Texas to cheat on my wife. 
<laughs> oh, he busted him open there. He's bleeding. Good. He deserved to be busted open. Uh, do you? Uh, we kind of mentioned it before, but do you think the Warrior would have worked out in WCW like in '95? I know, of course, '98 happens, but like, I think with Vader being there, and if Vader could have led that Hill stable, yeah. And then if he would have, they would have transitioned him into. Battling the Dungeon of Doom. I feel like that would have been Hogan and Warrior's sweet spot is battling the Dungeon of Doom together. Um, I think it would have worked better, out better than his 98 run. It probably would have worked out better than his WWF 96 run. I really think if you'd have put Warrior right here, people would have wanted to see him beat up Avalanche or beat up Shark. Um, beat up Bubba. Beat up Bubba. I mean, it was ready-made for him. I mean, him and the Giant, stuff like that. I mean, it would have made sense. The thing is, though, I mean, fucking renegade has got mustard and ketchup on his face. You, oh god, spinebuster! God, it's spinebuster gets my dick hard. The crowd fucking pops, and then they start chanting DDT. You see the fans in the background, yep. fucking doing the, the the throat slit. But yeah, I think Warrior could have worked in '95. I, th- I think it would have been an interesting dynamic to see what would have happened because I think you know he would have he would have done some interesting things. I think would have done some interesting business. And I think that it would have just brought a whole new level of WCW. Well, you got to look at it. him and Vader would have drawn because Vader versus the Warrior would have been a good. But the only problem is, is you would have had Hogan as champ. So then that would take kind of your heel heat away from some of the guys. It was a terrible bump. So he has fucking tights are splitting. Oh, I see um, that. But like, I feel like Vader as the champion, if we'd have done like we said, Vader's the champ destroys Hogan warrior comes in kind of to avenge him. And then that leads you to like your tag matches and stuff. And then you, you don't let warrior win the belt, but he gets close. And then Hogan comes in and wins the belt. That would, that would have made sense. Oh, you know, but I just, I don't know what warriors deal was. Here, we got to finish here he's out gonna, of the ring. He's going to feed me more here. God, f- this does remind me of Ryback. Ryback stole all of his best stuff from the renegade. Even the singlet, even the singlet. I wish he'd squirt mustard and ketchup in his eyes and go blind because Ryback's a fucking cuck. Quote me on that if you want to quote me because Ryback sucks. Ryback cucks? Ryback's a cuck. Big splash! Oh, One, two, three. I hate my life. all these fucking between-the-leg ass shots on these dudes? Barnett, get out of the truck. Get out of the truck, Barnett. But the renegade's got a meaty hog. It's so meaty and big. Oh, God, Renegar. there's a guy. There's a renegade. They're fan like, hey, Bill, you want to come to the show? You have long hair. You could be the renegade. And he's like, I really don't want to, but I will for you guys because I'm a good friend. We're going to give you $15 to put red paint on your face. Is that cool? Okay. All I got is my girlfriend's lipstick. You don't have a girlfriend. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Baby, 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 I'm taking her to the dark side, baby. When we go to the fucking, I give you something. The Jimmy Hart got a suit to match every one of his fucking people, no matter if they were terrible or not. They keep getting the the fucking tease of the giant. He looks like he looks like Andre's son. Looks like Andre's son because he was at the last pay per view. Dude, it was believable. As a kid, I thought he legitimately was. They showed him looking through the curtain at him and stuff. He tries to grab Jimmy Hart here when he walks by. He's fucking huge, man. Still got too many gimmicks. He's got a necklace and two rings. He doesn't need all that. Jimmy Hart. Oh, the power of the wires. The renegade ramblers. Ah. Fucking, he's getting madder and madder and madder. Because couldn't you see, like, the warriors, the 
Giants' first feud being Warrior, beating him and then moving on or something. That would have made sense. The power of the Renegade. Yeah, no. Jimmy's very smart. He looked for him, looked for him. He looked like a fucking grandma going, or like a a woman going to the grocery store that just got move. Just got told that there wasn't any more milk. Like she just looks very bloated there. Oh my god! God, your fucking title. You got a brand new title bet for what? You cuck. Nothing. This is a terrible finish. Oh my god! It dropped Arn on his lower back and ass, not flat. And then you get a Jimmy Superfly Snooka splash that almost overshot him. That wasn't a bad splash. I'll give him that, but he should not. Fuck be, you. He should not be beating Arn Anderson for the fucking. He, he shouldn't be beating Arn Anderson. Brandon, quit jerking off to the Renegade. God, I know Dave, we already did David Richards' jerk squad. Just calm down. Your, chir- your chirpies are getting. Brian, get your cades off of me or sades off of me. Your <laughs> sades. I don't want any of that on me. Jesus Christ. Just go over there and Jeff sing modest to the top to modest. yourself. To the top. Red and yellow lighting, all that good stuff. Oh man, guys, we're at the 122 mark. Uh, we're going to take a quick break from our pay per view here and kick to our ads, and we will be right back with you. Next Generation Wrestling brings some of the most talked about and star-studded professional wrestlers from around the world. Based out of East Tennessee, NGW is becoming one of the most sought-after independent wrestling promotions in the past four years. Witness NGW Live or on demand on the High Spots Wrestling Network streaming app. Follow us on social media platforms at NextGenTN. Hey, wrestling fans. Have you ever wanted to watch the black and gold brand from the very beginning? Well, we have the podcast for you. Right here at Next Evolution, the rise and demise of the black and gold brand. See such stars as Seth Rollins. Bo Dallas, Bray Wyatt, Cassius Ono, Aiden English, and Corey Graves get their start all the way to the demise of the black and gold brand. Follow us at Next Evolution Pod on all social media platforms and follow our podcast, NXT Evolution. Anywhere podcasts can be found. Oh, hello. Do you know about Project Louder? Well, let me tell you. Project Louder is home to 16 of the finest podcasts a nerd could possibly procure. They have a show for everyone. Whether you're into horror films, modeling comics, 90s kid shows, or that weird tentacle-filled subgenre you search for at 3 in the morning. So head on over to projectlouder.net and treat yourself to something truly exquisite. (laughs) 
Recording live from the Black Lodge, it's me, the free will burning, head turning, ass kicking, machismo dripping, master podcasting mouthpiece of the Southeast, Brandon A. Lane, host of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast, with a message to all you WrestleManiacs out there in podcast land. Now, once you've jerked the curtain of the uncontested heavyweight champions of podcast, Wrestling Ruined, well, I hope you'll jump ship and check out the incredible in-depth movie retrospectives and interviews with cast and crew of all your favorite horror films only at the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. You can find us on social media at Rants Black Lodge. Check out our homepage at JuicyKruger.com and we're available on all major podcasting platforms. And oh yeah, don't be a jabroni. Check out all the great content from Wrestling Ruined or you'll be the one doing the J-O-B. And we're back. Hell yeah. God damn those ads. Good ads in there. Good God ads. Damn. Good ads. I heard that next evolution show is pretty good. Yeah, ours is pretty good. Heard that they cover some really good NXT stuff. You know how I know that? Because we're the ones doing hey, it. We are. Hey. hey. All right, guys. Uh, we're at 100, or 122. We're at one hour, 22 minutes. Feels like 122 minutes after <laughs> some of these matches. Fucking A. <sighs> Continue to listen to the podcast. Don't give up on shit. <laughs> we're starting to get to like the meat and bones where we're like, 95 kind of sucks. Yeah. It is, it's had some bright spots, but this show, there's only been one, and it's dragging me the fuck down. And I feel like I watch this show too many times now. I know. Uncensored 95 is still worse. Yeah, it's still pretty bad. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm going to say three, two, one, play, and we'll get back to the show. Three, two, one, play. Play. Shut up, Brandon. Brandon. Brandon, you're being very vocal and all like it. Oh, here we go. We got the n- 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 nasty boys. Where are the boys? The nasty So, boys. remember we were trying to figure out why the um why Nobbs was out of the match at Spring Stand or at Slamboree? Mm-hmm. This was the reason. And they never oh, mentioned God. it during the fucking show. God, they almost knocked down Oakland there. So they never Oh, oh they never mention it during the show like, "Oh, it was the Blue Bloods that took him out." Yeah, they did not. And I believe the Blue Bloods come out at the end of this match and stare at them, right? They do. So that was the reasoning. And then they got some matches oh. on either Saturday night or main event. Can't really tell by these graphics here. But they beat the, beat, yeah, they're like beating beating the, the hell out of, out of with these, these fucking cords. cables. Those don't feel good. I guess, I don't know what the hell uh, Nick Patrick has done, but he's got wrist tape on and everything we've seen here lately. Here's Saturday night. Here, up, uh, Stevie Ray must be burned at this time, too. Yeah, he's got the elbow pads on there, too. He's got the elbow pads on the <coughs> back. He's got the uh, the T-shirt on. I tried to look up what happened to Stevie Ray, and there's nothing on Google. But he has a podcast. I bet you could submit a question and ask him. What happened to his back? God, those tag titles were sweet. I like those tag belts. They're a lot better than the tag belts they get after, like the big ones. Like I always think of, like '99, like yeah. uh, Revolution, Kurt, Kurt and, yep, and, and Barry. Barry yeah, it's ones I think of. Those are ugly tag belts. Those belts, are beautiful. These are the ones that the outsiders didn't give a shit about, though, and lost side plates. Yep, they did. So that's probably why they get new belts. The nasty boys, baby. Those belts looked great, though. That is also the tag belts that Mick Foley spit on. Yep, that's the tag belts that the Hollywood Blondes had. Yep, uh, Arn and Paul A. Roma had, because he was shit. Um, also, Harlem Heat, Steiners, Luger and Sting. Yeah, there's there's some uh, interesting stuff going on. Yeah, you got to think, too. Luger shows up in 95 as well. Luger, 
I mean, he kind of he, he toys being heel, being a heel at first, and comes back in his baby face, um, which I understand why they made him heel. They had enough baby faces at the time, so that makes sense why they turned Luger heel when he shows up. Yeah, he's nasty as I want to be, baby. Yeah, fucking nasty brawlers that injure people. The only thing That's I don't like Max, Max Payne like tries to kill him. The only thing I don't like about the belts is I feel like they're just a tad bit too small. Yeah, the the, the main plate isn't big enough, in my opinion. It looks like a Japanese title belt. It only, yeah, it almost looks like um, IWGP heavyweight tag titles because they're small like that too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's that's probably what they were kind of you know based on. But like the WWF tag titles have always been big. Like yeah. they always looked like they were like the biggest belt. They're bigger than the Intercontinental title belt. Yeah, I like because I always loved those tag titles that they just had that big faceplate on them and everything. Like I, those are my favorite tag belts. So those tag titles here. Um, I can remember going to, I think it may have been Kmart back in the day, but there was a set that came with those. It came with wristbands, like WCW wristbands, uh, but the belt was like that, and you could press the center plate, and it would say things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I could ever find that belt again. It was really, really cool. Uh, I'm going to look it up really Talking quick. Talking WCW belt. WCW yeah. World Tag Team Titles versus the Blue Bloods. I'm a fan of the Blue Bloods. They, they're... um. Original San Francisco toy maker figures were hard to find because Robert Eaton, though, like he's kind of out of place, but it, it works because Regal's. It's like Regal's trying to train him to be. That's it. Right Technology there? is fucking wild. I found it that fast. But like that's it's weird to me, like because you tell or- Eaton's like just kind of filling it out, but it makes sense with Regal's like trying to convert him from being a Southern wrestler to a English gentleman. This title belt came out in 1999, and it was it's $150 in McCarty right now. Is that not with the? Didn't come with anything else. Yeah, just the belt. Just the belt. Yeah, that's wild. Um, I was trying to see if I can find the packaging. That's the only one I'm finding as well. So that could be the reason why. Could be why. It's pretty cool, man. It's funny that you can find stuff that easily. Like it's stuff from our childhood that I remember. You used to always play with that belt. I had this as well. I don't know if you ever seen those. Yep, I had seen those before. I had that as well. Uh, Kudos for Bobby Eaton, though, giving different things a try. At least he wasn't in the York Foundation. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Richard Morton, the computerized man of the 90s, Terrence Taylor. Bobby Eaton says Bobby Eaton had aristocratic parents, Tony Quips, in Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's pretty good. And uh, I will say the, the nasty boys have grown on me. Nasty Boy's getting that uh, Dungeon of Doom lighting effect there. I, I really, I feel like that they have grown tremendously on me. I was, I always shit on the Nasty Boys, but I've enjoyed watching their matches. They've been some of the bright spots of WCW 95 with their brawling and stuff. Like, it just, it fits them. It makes the matches look like an actual fight, which I guess is what you want it to be, but you don't want it to be an actual fight. Uh, go back and watch Spring Stampede. I think it's '94 with Cactus Jack Max and Max Payne versus them. Like that, Max Payne actually and Brian Knobs get into it. I think in that match because like, that's what Max, leads to him getting fired. Yeah, correct? Max, Max Payne thinks he's getting stiffed or whatever, and he like goes off on Brian Knobs. There's a notorious story about um, the Nasty Boys and the Outsiders having that same kind of issue, nope. and I think somebody got hurt. Or, uh, God, that's got to hurt. Yeah, he has those chains on his he's fucking jacket. Hitting him with the fucking uh, Sags is hitting Regal with the jacket with the chains on it, and Regal's just kind of covering up because what the, else can you do? The story I remember is 
he uh, I think it was knobs or sags, can't remember which one, hit God. hit uh, Scott Hall in the mouth and it busted his mouth. And I guess from just the bacteria in his mouth puffed up really bad and got infected. So um, in return, I guess they got into a fight and he hit him with a chair and the chair caught like one of them in the lower back and I think it was sags. And that's the reason why they're gone shortly after that. And he gets hurt. And I think they try to sue. Yeah, uh, Sag- Sags is the one that gets hurt because he's the one that has back injury or back problems later on. Like, Knobs comes back and is in the hardcore division. Yep, with uh, Finley. Yep, and and the first family, WCW first Jerry family. Jerry Flynn, Fit Finley, Finley, and Hugh Brian Knobs. Yep, Hugh Morris. Um, it's basically a rip off of, it was like a, a, a branch off of like the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah, actually, Finley is their, is um who they're feuding with because. They hurt him really bad in a hardcore match at a live event after the uh, junkyard brawl. He was carrying around the trophy, the junkyard trophy, and then they hurt him so bad, like they severed an artery, and he's gone for like ten months. Oh shit! They like, almost ended Finley's career, and then like they steal the trophy, and then Dean Malenko and them come out there and steal it back and say, "Hey, a man like Fit Finley is who deserves this, not some band of miscreants like you." Pretty much. But Leo's so stupid. Yeah, that his facial expressions reels are fucking fantastic this whole match. Do you see how much that ring just Yeah, moved? he shook that shit just by throwing him in there. That he hit that hard. fucking ring post is loose or something. Oh, they're going to go Pity City. Ah, oh, God. Yeah, it's got to suck, man. No, no matter what. But Regal, they missed his facial expressions there until he falls out of the <laughs> ring. But Regal's the fucking man. I, I Look, love, they shook the ring again. I love William Regal. Look at dude, seriously. That, ri- that ring is loose as hell. But like, just it's amazing that Regal's only like 24, 25. Oh, Pity City again. Like, there's a lot of youth here in WCW that they just kind of shit on. Fucking Bobby. Because where I'm at in WCW 99, Regal's just come back, but he's wearing the damn singlet. <laughs> he's wearing that singlet that's really low cut and shit. Because his nips? Yeah, because he's... Kind of fat. And well, that's when he. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say he was on pills really bad. <laughs> Regal's still <laughs> selling it. Great. He, you know, he bumps into the camera on purpose so they'll catch those those facials on purpose. Like he, he's he's doing it to make sure it's seen. Bobby Bobby trying, but he's he doesn't got the facials like William Regal does. No, no. Get Bob- nasty. See the problem with Bobby though. I mean, and it's not a really a problem. Bobby could work, but Bobby always had to have a mouthpiece because Bobby. Couldn't talk. It sounded like he had marbles in his mouth. And I can't recall hearing him say anything ever. I remember them letting him talk a little bit in the Dangerous Alliance, but it was like one or two lines. And that was it. It was kind of like the Road Warrior thing. Like, tell him, Bobby. Wow. Oh. Fucking pity city. Oh. God. They're they're wild, man. They, you just got to know. With like Mick Foley even said, when you get in a room with the nasty boys, you just got to expect some taters. It, it's gonna come. Like they're just they're coming at you with all they got. So when we break down the nasty boys, they're running the WWF. It really wasn't that long. What was maybe a year and a half, two years? If two that, years. They're gold by ninety three. Yeah. So they ended ninety two, and they showed up in what ninety? Yeah. 90s because they have a couple SummerSlam matches. Well, have a mania it, match. it have to be the. The the end of ninety because they don't they have their match with um the the Steiner brothers at Halloween Havoc ninety, yep, 
And uh, shortly after that, they're gone. I think that's the match that actually got them signed with the WWF, was it not? I believe so, because they don't. They like I said, they don't. They don't stay there long. They're only that first run in WCW. They're only there for 1990. They show up in the WWF in December of '90, and uh, right at the end of the year, because they debut on the 29th, December 29th episode of Superstars of Wrestling, and then they're there through '93. Um. It said on March 13, 1993 edition of WWF Superstars, it was announced that the Nasty Boys had agreed to step aside and allow Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake to have a one-time title shot against Money, Inc. I didn't know the Nasty Boys were... The original in, plan? In, original plan for Money, Inc. They, they, their final television appearance came on May 13th when they defeated Jobber Steve, Steve Vega and Barry Horowitz on Superstars. That's and it. when would they debut in uh, WCW? July of 93 with Missy Hyatt. They defeated Arn Anderson and Paul Rome at Fall Brawl to become the WCW Tag Title Tag Team Champions. Yeah, so they've they've been there already almost two years. And they lost them to Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Two Cold Scorpio. Two Cold Scorpio. Less than twenty days later. But yeah, I mean it's it's crazy to think, man, that uh they didn't they didn't stay long stay stay going long or stay anywhere really long. They were only in WCW for four years. And not even a complete four-year run because they come in in July and they're gone um, by, um, yep, Sags enraged during the contest after being struck on the head. He had thought Hall had struck him with a chair and retaliated by attacking him and knocking his tooth out. After the match, filed, Sags filed a lawsuit. He later found footage and found out it was Nash that hit him with the tag belt. He was released from his contract in early 97. So, yeah, they, he uh, that's kind of wild that Brian Knobs stayed around though, while Sags yeah. left. You think you know there'd be some loyalty as they've been a tag team for so many years? Well, I think Sags was injured too, as part of. They said he had a bad back and things. I wonder so. if he had a Lloyd's of London deal that he cashed in on. And that was part of that, and that might have been it. And he couldn't wrestle. They had a couple of matches in, in TNA in 2010, weird things like that. But oh yeah, that's when they had the. Nasty I am or whatever. Yeah, that's this is this is pretty much their best run in a major promotion is WCW. I guess the WWF stuff's kind of remembered just because they were tag champs most of their run. Or yeah, they beat that, the Hart Foundation, did they yeah, not? With they, the helmets, they, they, they beat them with the helmet. They take Jimmy's helmet and jump off the rope and hit him with it. Is that it? And that's how they become the champions. Is that SummerSlam. I want to. I want to say at SummerSlam, and then they have a rematch at Mania. Against them, if I'm not badly fooled, um, nope they they defeated them for the titles at SummerSlam at nine at WrestleMania seven, and held the titles in ninety one until till SummerSlam ninety one when they were beat by this by the Legion of Doom in a no DQ no countout match. So that's what happened. They they win it at, they win it at WrestleMania seven, lose it at SummerSlam. So is that their only title run? Yes. So I was going to ask, do you think they they had a better run here in WCW, or was there a run in WWF? You know, you got to think that's they got more well known for being in the WWF and a wider audience than they were in WCW. So does it make it seem like they're a bigger deal coming back to WCW? I think it makes them feel like they're a bigger bigger deal coming back to WCW. Uh, their run here is better than their WWF run to me. They're they're on top of the tag division longer because you got to think when they lose the belts to LOD they never get the belts back but they're still managed by Jimmy Hart but then like the whole angle turns into 
Jimmy Hart gives the natural disasters the tag titles shot instead of them, and then the Nasty Boys turn face. That's what causes their face turn. And then they feud with uh, the natural disasters for a little bit, and then then they're just kind of used sporadically. I that's what I remember most about their run is when they turned faces. I don't even I, the the heel stuff. Their tag run was only six months, but I don't even remember them really defending the tag titles in that six month run. Nothing sticks out, but no. But your mania, you got to think mania to SummerSlam in '91. There was no pay per view, so. Well, yeah, and then was it not? It would have been '91 that Knobs was the final three in the Royal Rumble. Yep, it was Hogan, Earthquake, and Knobs. Yep, which was weird, but it does make sense now that Knobs is one of Hogan's boys. Well, yeah, there's a uh, lukewarm hot tag here to uh, to uh, Ryan Sags the or fa- the fans, are, Jerry Sags. Excuse the me, fans just know the Blue Bloods aren't going to win. Don't get me wrong; this match hasn't been bad. It's just a typical Nasty Boys match. It's kind of sloppy. And Re- the best part about this match is William Regal. Yeah. I like Bobby so much. I-, I almost hate to see him like this, but I am glad they have found something for him to do. I feel like he enjoyed it because it was something different. And him and Regal probably had good... They looked like... I mean, they had good chemistry. I feel like they could have been tag team champions, and they probably should have been. That's a disqualification if the ref would have yep. seen it. I think Bobby even says that. And then he, but or no, Tony says that, and Bobby's like, I didn't see anything. <laughs> I put my notes here. I, you know, they, they've grown on me, but during this match, I kind of hate the Nasty Boys. Yeah, well, the Nasty Boys are one-dimensional, <laughs> and that's it. Like, there's a reason why most of their matches are no DQ, or they always, st- their feud ends in a street fight somehow, because that's where they're best at. Do you know where they would have probably thrived? ECW. ECW? Yeah. They, um, them feuding with Public Enemy. Public Enemy and ECW would have made Bulls. sense. Yep. Like, I feel like they would have they would have thrived there. They would have had some good matches as well with the Triple Threat. They would also have good matches with Balls Mahoney and um, Axel Rod. Yeah. But yeah, like, it's kind of wild. I think they would have done really well there. Uh, I don't know if there was heat there with um, Heyman, because you never hear of anything like... Well... A tag team from the 90s, you don't really hear about the Nasty Boys that much. When people mention tag teams from the 90s, they don't they don't really mention the Nasty Boys, which they were a staple of the 90s. Like they were with you got to think they've they've wrestled for every major promotion except for ECW. They were in the AWA, they were in WWE, they were in WCW. I think they did they ever go to Japan? I've never seen any footage of it if they did. But they're not talked about in the same regards of 90s tag teams like Harlem Heat. Steiners. Steiners. Um, even the Hart Foundation gets more love, and they were only a tag team for like two years in the, from like 90 and 91. LOD gets more talk about them, but that based off their 80s stuff, you know. But um, you got to think about it. Was LOD any better in the ring than the Nasty Boys were? I mean, I think they could be. That, that's a really it's kind of a loaded question because the nasty boys are just straight up brawlers yep. the um it's kind of a 2k thing need drop uh the road warriors were kind of bruisers <laughs> bloody good wallop sir <laughs> guy in the pink i saw that signs on point the, but the road warriors had so much um Power. charisma like the charisma and they they oozed it 
the nasty boys just don't have that. No. And I this goes back to, you know, the tag division being so thin. Fucking Randy Hogan here. With the renegade that he picked off the side street. But see, my thing is, is like, if you really look at it, I think the, the nasties had charisma, but it was all about their nasty sensation. They never, they were just one dimensional and never changed. You could take Hawk and put him against Ric Flair and have a great match. I still, I don't think you could take Brian Nobbs or Jerry Sags and put him against Ric Flair and have a great match, even if Flair's calling it. I just don't think it could. No, I agree. An animal was definitely not the charismatic guy that Hawk was, but the face paint and all that stuff and that and the the mohawk made it a little bit more him more interesting than the skullets we have here from the nasty boys I, I feel like the problem with this match is it goes way too long this is a 15 minute long match like some of these matches i feel like they're just longer to take up time and you're getting four fucking title matches badly back to back to back to back which oh, there are three sorry three title matches the world title is not on the line. This this tag this tag match for the the nasties are meant for like eight nine minute matches. They are not meant for technical matches like William Regal and Bobby Eaton are having. No, it just they're just not. No, and like you, that's why for some reason you know the Harlem Heat oh whatever the somersault there Harlem Heat had such a great match with them. Um, I, like I said, I feel like this match is all right. Like I. I I've seen a lot worse. This, to me, this is better. Then we got the tag. Which would you rather watch, this or Harlem Heat at the stud stable? This. Shut up, Brandon. We don't want to hear your opinion. We know how much you love Bunkhouse Buck. Brandon, just drink another beer. No, nah, man. He's drinking a Molson's. That's oh, not really man. considered beer. I have, it's where, moose piss. Where the fuck did you even find a Tim Hortons? Fucking moose piss over there. Fucking Brandon. Chuck on your strudel, Brendan. A. Lene from Canada, A. <laughs> and his trip A's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sades. <laughs> oh, here comes Arlene. Friggin' Sharon Martell's already changed into another black dress. Well, she should. She, was she got, out, wet she got out of the leather. It's probably fucking hot. She's got on a romper, man. She was in style back in the day. Look at that shit. She looks good. Here comes Booker. Oh, watch this shit. Booker, though. I don't understand... God damn that f- fucking movie rules. That was great. Yeah, that f- fucking Harlem Hangover. Oh, damn. That he it. sold that like a damn yeah, champion. He fucked it up. But like they were trying to cost the Nasty Boys the title and they fucked it up. But Booker You're almost so far out. Did you see that Booker almost went back through the ropes and then you remembered he had to jump over the top? Like, yeah, right where, there. Where's the ref? One, two, three, and Rio had it like he couldn't get it. Yeah. It was a wonky finish. Um I, I I, I like the finish. It's just everything was just out of place. You know what this would have led to in modern day WWF? Three way tag. A three way tag or a four way tag. You throw in who's the other tag team that's kind of Stud, been in this? Stud stable. Yep. You, Don't put that you, on you, us. You want to make it a four corners match? Doug Dillinger, I like you better in your dad pants and your. Cutting the grass, New Balance. Thing I don't like here is he just took that fucking awesome finish from Booker T, and, and he's no up. Seller. Yeah, he's up, up and around, moving around. They but however, this does make it seem like Bobby and them could have won the match. Yep. Get out of there, get out of Brian Knobs. I hate that. That's been a staple spit, of WCW. Spitting the camera, spitting the camera, and talking in it like they always cut away from it. I don't think Tony Schiavone liked it because watch, he, watch his look at that. Boom! He took such good care of him. He, I see what you're saying. Like he's like up, 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 going. Got to go out over the top. Ooh, Bobby does rack his fucking like. 
inside like of his this, leg like there. Inside of his thigh. Boom. Uh, you know who I think about when I see that jump off of the elbow like that? It's Austin. Because in 97, he would get up there and do that and flip the bird. Then he'd jump off of the el- point of the elbow. Well, I think of Bret Hart, but we're two different people. Yeah, well. Bret Hart's Canadian crybaby bitch, right, Brandon? If you don't speak, you agree. Got it. Hey, Brandon, is it true that Shawn Michaels is a better wrestler than Bret Hart? Don't say anything if you if you agree. God, I love it. Fuck it. Brandon's throwing his, his brethren under the fucking bus. Brandon's a Bruce Hart guy. What are you talking about? <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Was it Keith? No, 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 no. Which one's the substitute teacher? Is it Keith? It is Keith. Oh, God. Here's the U.S. title tournament. The U.S. title tournament. Everyone was so excited about. I got the, I got the, right here, they're going to talk about it. Our first match of the tournament was Sting versus Arn Anderson. Should have been a quarterfinal. We'll we'll go here. We'll we'll start with what they got going on here. They got Brian Pillman versus, look at that finish of the roll-up. That was a nice Brian Pillman defeated Bunkhouse Buck. Sting put the Scorpion Deathlock. On Arn Anderson to advance to the second round. Austin and Hacksaw in a great finish, seeing Austin uh, defeat him. Yeah, knock Ming his knock his defeated walk Marcus off. Alexander Bagwell. Three times. Three times. So we get Ming and Pillman in the second round. Orndorf. Oh, one, two, three, four. <laughs> he just it's kept weird coming. that Johnny B. Bad lost that. Orndorf run. beat uh, Johnny B. Bad. Savage defeated the Butcher. We had Savage and Austin in the second round. Some that's Wonderkins. Match you never thought you'd see. Oh, shit. Oh, God. How did he not break his arm there? Fuck you, Big Bubba. Here we go. Arm boom. DDT on the Patriot. Flair wins. He's out cold. Round number two. Here's here's uh, Sting versus Paul Orndorff. Probably a good match. I like that you, gear you, combination. You, you know Sting's going to win. Like, there's no doubt about it. Ming versus Pillman. This actually probably would have been a pretty good match, too. Oh! Pillman's got a slightly colorful gear there. Oh, Austin a long-haired versus... Steve Austin versus Randy Savage. This was... Pro- I've watched this match. It's actually a good match. It's not a long one. It's like, what, like mm. four or five minutes long? It's good, though. This Doss is... Wonderkin remember versus... we were talking about on the last episode how we didn't know why uh, Alex Wright had lost his match to Ric Flair? Right there's the reason. He got disqualified, and Flair advanced. Yep. Because Savage. So technically, it wasn't a pinfall loss for old Doss Wonderkin. He wanted to face Flair. Yep. So that's why he got Alex Wright disqualified. And then, of course, he Flair... He chases Flair, and they, they go to like a no finish. Yep. Oh. Sting's trying to break it up. Renegade's getting in there. Uh, Doug Dillinger. Those Renegades. But like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Savage loved hopping on cars, didn't he? He liked going through the top of the cars. So now we get Stang versus Mine. Yeah, there, there's a a little segment. I don't think they showed it on here. I think they show it in the um, in the the main event package where they talk about uh, he Savage uses that robe in 2001. By he the does, way, does yeah. When Savage is um, talking to Alex Wright, saying I'm sorry about the whole disqualification. You know, this is you know this means something really big to me. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's weird that, you know, this is supposed to be a semifinal match. I dig Ming. Ming looks fucking great. I still like Bond villain Ming yes. better. Like, the, they at least got away from trying to make him a samurai or whatever the hell that was. It's like every pay-per-view we've watched of him, he's been a different, different. incarnation of, hey, of him. He's like Haku 2001 right here without the afro. Yeah, I agree he's, with that. He's wearing the gold thing. And, like, you can tell he's like, how long do I have to do this? 
keeps looking at the camera uh, like, Tom, Tom, do I need to keep pretending to Judy chop stuff? Like, Judy what, what am I doing here? He's like, I'm smiling, but I'm supposed to be a heel. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then, are we getting back with the faces of fear? Like, what are we doing? Like, I, I don't know. A fucking Ro- Colonel Robert. He's trying to tell Robert Parker to shut up. Get done with this. Is what freaking Oakland's doing. Dude, they... Yeah, they could have shaved time off of the Alex Wright and Pillman match and the tag title match and made the contract signing on this pay-per-view. No, you don't have to trim anything down. You could have made the arm wrestling match on main event, and that would yeah. have, that's plenty of time for it. Um, I'm, let me go back to my notes here and see how long that match took, if you want to call it a match, the arm wrestling match. Um, I don't have a, a, a time frame. Um, so, yeah. I'll give you a time frame. So, 30 to 45 seconds. Fucking main here. Long mulleted, he had like, he, like this is what Jerry Lawler wanted his mullet to be. <laughs> I like how Rigor Robert Parker keeps clenching his fist over there. Now Ming's really kicking in the high gear with the karate kicks. They're like thirty seconds, five seconds. We're out. Get out of like, here. Fuck yeah, I don't have to talk. <laughs> I do dig him and the Barbarian as a tag team, as the the faces of fear. You're a face of fear. Whoa. Whoa. There, Bobby Heenan's Whoa. still looking his only Bobby Heenan look. Look at that watch. God, look at that. Pinky ring. Fucking, freaking Tony Schiavone playing fingers with himself right now. Just tapping him. Was it Luger? Yeah. Is that Luger, Luger that did that? Luger, no, Luger does the thing where he wipes the his finger across the screen like, ah, ah, ah. Kind of like he's doing like the Disney logo back in the day. Yeah, Brandon, quick, keep your fingers out of Brandon. your butt. It's fine. Brandon, stop. They can't see you do it on the podcast, Brandon. Stop it. It's not a it's not a visual podcast. You know that of all people. God, you tell me that all the time. You don't understand working, Brandon. I understand working. Stop jeffing. Don't do that right now. We do that to close the show. There's the Macho Man hat from WWF back there, by the way. Hanging out. Just neon green in it. Oh, yeah. Here's oh. Hogan's son talking about bashing it at the beach. So, interesting story about this. So, you know how we talked about how... This had the lowest gate. Yes. At 63,000. That's all they they did here. That, I mean, that has to include... I don't know if they're including merch as well into that. I'm assuming not. I, I mean, so I hope not. I, they, well, they never really had merch for anybody but Sting and Hogan. The only other show to have less of a gate is Bash of the Beach. Reason being, they did not charge anybody it's, for Bash of the Beach. It's Sturgis before Sturgis. Yes. Which is not... This is not talked about a lot that they didn't charge for that Bash of the Beach show. And it's not a bad show. And then Bobby Heenan keeps saying on the show, oh, 100,000 people are going to show up. 100,000 people are going to show up. First of all, like, I don't even think they provided chairs. No, you had to stand. The whole, how fucking hot that had to have yeah. been. Huntington, was it Huntington Beach? I think it's in California, right? Yeah, because that, that it's ironic because they have the, like, Bay watches there, and they just had Pam Anderson in WWF, and that they WCW films an episode of Baywatch. Yep, Sting was very much into the orange and blue at this time. He's wore this gear the like the last couple shows we've we've uh, watched him. Or he, he will wear orange tights, blue boots, or blue tights, orange boots. This is pretty much the same gear he wore at Slamboree. Mm-hmm. Yep, like he's very much orange and blueing it up, which I don't hate. I like the orange and blue. Well, he is the man called Sting. Man called Sting. Look, look how white his teeth are, man. Man, he likes this. He loves that. 
I know our buddy Ray Kaiser probably doesn't listen to the show, but I used to love. It. I just used to love walking into Levi's and he'd just be like, "He loves there, he loves there." Like, he'll be like, "Shut up, Ray!" <laughs> look, look at the the picture is so outdated of Ming. <laughs> He's wearing the that's like a '93 beard. picture of Sting as well. Yep, that's during his feud with uh, Vader right before he wins the belt back. Yep. Because when he wins the belt back, he's wearing white and red. I think. Yeah, he's wearing the, uh, that's the round looking yep. WCW title belt. Yep. The one that Ron Simmons is famous for. Don't step to Ron. Don't step to Ron. Don't. He's doing big things in ECW right now. Yeah, fighting Marty Jannetty. <laughs> Marty Jannetty probably killed three people in Philly, ate a Philly cheesesteak, and then tried to have sex with some 12 year old girl. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> That's a typical Friday night for <laughs> Marty Jannetty. I don't know, man. This chick keeps giving me the eye, but I know she just turned 18. She might be my niece. I'm not sure. It's only about marriage. <laughs> it's my stepdaughter, bro. We're not not married anymore. It's not, it's Is that not cool? weird, right? All right, guys. I need to know something. <laughs> Marty, if you have to ask, it's no, man. <laughs> the side, the Rule side? of thumb. What's the side say? It's been so many days since Marty Jannetty said something crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting. We're just waiting. How and he's that, not been under federal investigation is beyond me. That Sting logo is the, is the logo for his VHS tape, Deadly Venom. That is well. That that's the same. Remember, we were talking about the headbands as well. Yep. Those headbands are old as fuck. It's like they had all this look fucking at the, merch. Look at the video back there. That's all. That is old. old that's 92. like ninety two. Yeah. That's um. I want to say King of the Gr- Cable. That or Great American Bash ninety two. Might be. I can't remember. Yeah, it's one of the two. He does this. I like how King of the Cable never was like. Ugh. I don't understand even what that really was. Because it was yeah. only even on cable. It was yeah. on fucking pay per view. King of Cable. See, there's those headbands I was talking about. There's uh, the guy that wins the freaking contest. Yeah, they talk about him. Big Bubba contest. Sting on top with that flat top, slicked back, blonde hair. It's wild to think that, that we didn't get that Sting for nearly like a quarter as long as we've had the fucking Crow Sting. I know, and that that sting is iconic, though. I really wish just one time, man, and I know he probably can't do it anymore because his hair is so thin. I would love to see him dressed as Surfer Sting. Like bleach blonde. One last time. Because I know he did it at that, was it at StarCast? He dressed up as, with an old face paint? He did, but he, did, he still had brown hair. Yeah. Which, that would even be cool to me. I wouldn't mind to see... Surfer brown hair sting from '96 come back for a little run. I do not like the orange on orange here. The orange short pants with the, with the orange, orange boots. boots. Yeah, like that, that orange is faded. I was just about to say it looked faded to me. I know that orange gear he wore in a match against Vader. I, I want to say that's the King of the Cable. Yeah, it, maybe. Yeah, I want to say that's King of Cable. We uh, we had talked about Randy Savage it being beneath him holding the U.S. title. Do you feel that way with Sting? Or do you think it makes the title mean something? I think it makes the title mean something more with Sting. Plus, has Sting held it at this point? I don't think I he don't has. I don't think Sting has held the U.S. title at this Did point. Did he hold the TV title early on? Like, yeah, he was. He like, was a, like Mike Rotunda. He was a TV champion early on. Um, but I know I don't know if he had held the U.S. title at this point, so that may... May have been a selling point on it. I don't think so right, because he went right into the main event he with went right to the world title, essentially. But he, because he went, he he did win the TV title because didn't he lose it to Muda? I believe so. He loses it to Muda, and then they they roll on that way with it. But I don't think he won the U.S. title until around this point. So, 
I admit, we were just talking about, you know, I have in my notes here that I miss seeing the style sting. We never really got to enjoy it as long as we probably should have. Could you imagine with these neon colors, the kind of st- person that Sting is? I mean, he seems like a stand-up guy when he's not snitching on his buddies for um, hooking up other chicks. Um, yeah, true. What do you think the WWF machine would have done with someone like Sting? Dude, Sting, like if you, let's say Warrior leads like he does, and you put just move Sting into that spot, imagine the merch. Imagine the wrestling buddies. Imagine the figures. Imagine... Just the t-shirts, the face paint, the the bandanas. Like, they would have made a way to make masks and stuff for him, man. Like, you look at... like I I have a a magazine collection that I've assembled over a few years. But, like, you go back and look at those old merch catalogs. The stuff they had for The Undertaker. Even fucking Diesel was silver and black. And they had tons of shit for him. Like, t-shirts with face on it, gloves, uh... Freaking wristbands, all this stuff. WCW and Ric Flair will tell you this: their merchandise department was fucking te- terrible. Like, but some of those shirts are worth boo-coodles now because no one bought them back in the day. So we're in the middle of '95. We're in the middle of '95, legit smack dab in the middle of '95, which is also the middle of the '90s. Mm-hmm. And we know about a year, year and a half, we get crow sting, black and white. It's gritty. It's all that. Do you think the neon colors would have gotten old progressively with the time? I think it would have. But I think Sting wasn't just one set color like Hogan was yellow and red yeah. and stuff. So it allowed him to change things well, up. I know like, you know, ne- the next year we get longer brown haired Sting. He starts wearing more of like the black tights with like the green or the uh yellow boots and mm. has like the rainbow colored sting and yeah i know you know what kind of like kind of like bash of the beats 96 sting um do you think he could have stayed as that sting and still been big or do you think the crow sting was kind of needed i think the crow sting was needed because i don't feel like people would have took the neon sting as seriously as they took Ooh. crow sting I, I just feel like that was that was part of it like he he had to change. He had to become a more aggressive guy because the way they looked at Surfer Sting, Neon Sting, whatever you want to say, is he was like the kid friendly, yeah, rah 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 stuff, you know. So I feel like that became a big part of it. Is him him, him becoming the the um the more aggressive person that he became because uh, he he got that mean streak. It was it was more. He was okay to do things that he couldn't have done as Surfer Sting when he became Crow Sting. He could hit people with bats, chairs, do some heelish stuff. Like he never really did anything heel no. when he was Neon Sting. Uh, they, they kind of float, like flirt around with it when Luger shows up and they start having like that weird bed, like strange yeah. bedfellows tag team where Luger uses like the roll of quarters and shit like yeah. that. Well, and I just found out this actually would be Sting's second title reign. I don't know how he could forget that he lost it to Rude in like ninety. You are correct. Yeah, he beat. He guess who Sting beat in the finals of the U.S. title tournament then? Who? Steve Austin to win the uh, U.S. title. Yeah, that's the dangerous alliance time frame around there. Nope. And that means, um, ooh, that was a nice fucking set out power bomb. Uh, Vader probably would have been champion around that time, correct? Yep. This is in August ninety one. Sting defeated Steve Austin to win the tournament for the vacant U.S. 
U.S. title tournament. So the times he won the U.S. title. Or oh, 91. Actually, that would have been Luger then, right? 91 would have, yeah, would have been Luger. Sorry, my bad. But see, that's the thing right there is that uh, Sting, every time he won the U.S. Oh. title, was in a tournament. He had to earn it. Shoulder earn breaker. It, son. Uh, something to kind of bring up with all of this. Sting is huge. Don't Very jack guy. Next to me, he actually looks kind of small. I will say, like, if Sting took steroids, which there's a pretty good chance he did, he never had that ripped, like, super cut steroid body, like a, like a Luger or somebody. But he was built. He was muscular, but he was never, like, the fucking warrior. I think his biggest was when he was in, like, the first class of champions and stuff. He was more defined and cut at that point. We talked about on the next Evolution podcast about... Uh, Richie Steamboat and Ricky Steamboat and Ricky kind of having that that body. Sting kind of has that body, but it's a little bit more cut. Yeah, it's kind of this, it's kind of stocky. Uh, not, I mean, he is a Jack guy, but he's not like Max Muscle Jack to the gills. He's not even Van Hammer like gassed up. Yep, he was only a um, he's only a two time United States champion, and he wins both of them in tournaments. Uh, I do think that they are telling a pretty good story. I, oh, yeah. I think the, the the pacing of this match is really good. Uh, it, I feel like out of everything we've seen with Sting so far, this has been the better match. Yeah, they and they wrestled one time already on pay per view this year, haven't they? Sting and May didn't they wrestle? They did not. They wrestled somewhere. Sting, uh, unless unless it had to do with the Clash of the Champions that we watched, because yeah. I'm pretty sure. The only matches Sting has had on pay-per-view had been against Avalanche and Big Bubba. Big Bubba. Oh. That was a terrible match, by the way. Sting, Sting kind of got that um, Undertaker treatment of having shit people to work with. It's hard, though, because like we were just talking. The amount of hills they have in 95 is, is non-existent, but WWF is having the exact same problem. They have not focused any time on building up a big-time hill. Um, WWF, I feel like, has more. I mean, Yoko, you can kind of compare him to Vader. Owen Hart. I'm jumping ahead. He wrestles Ming again next pay-per-view. They have a rematch for the belt. I knew they wrestled twice on pay-per-view, but I was behind. It's been so many years since I watched that Bash of the Beach, and I'm excited that we're going to get to watch it on this podcast. It's not great. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited. Two cage matches. What? Wrestle and Ruin. That's that's what the title of this is, if you didn't know. We're we're exploring how bad ninety five was, which I get. They were trying to. They could have continued on the path of making Ming a badass, but then they just make him into a tag wrestler. I think he was a, ma- a failed experiment for WCW. He could have been in Dungeon of Doom, which he does become. Hey, I mean, he does, him and Barbarian are part of the Dungeon of Doom because they're the faces of fear. But they could have became. He could have been a singles guy. He didn't have to be in a well, tag. I think it's team. because they had the Barbarian and they didn't know what to do with him, so they put him with Ming. Don't sign the Barbarian. Well, oh. But he was one of Hogan's brother's brother. And they can say what they want, but Barbarian wasn't awful. I mean, compared to some of the other shit we've seen, he's not hes not as bad as fucking Dirty Dick Slater and yeah, Jimmy Golden. You should watch some Barbarian 1998 matches. That's 98, though. Him, versus, him versus Mongo. Look at this. They have a great little test of strength here. Sting, super athletic still. Oh, Ooh. here it comes. Oh! Now, that, you don't ever see that anymore. Just let me dive backwards into you. Using your body as a weapon, man. Yep. That's why, man, I still wish we would have got Sting versus Muda at uh, Slamboree instead yep. of uh, Paul Orndorff. 
I guess they really wouldn't, didn't want to put let Sting lose because Sting has not lost yet, mm-hmm. or has he? I thought he, did he lose to Bubba? I think he lost to to Avalanche or Big Bubba. He lost to somebody. He beats Bubba in that lights out match. Here's the thing: we've we've gone so far down the rabbit hole that I can't remember what we've covered and what we've not now. Um, at uncensored. Did he did he win it uncensored? Um, I don't know, to be honest with you, because I think he loses one, but like he doesn't. He somehow gets the upper hand after the match or something. Um, I, it's it's just hard to fucking remember because we've watched so much stuff. Uh, he, Big Bubba defeated Sting at. At uncensored, that's the that's the reason why. Yep. It's because we fucking blocked out uncensored so bad. Yeah, because yeah, it was a fourteen fucking minute match too. Oh my god! But he beats him in the lights out match the next month because that's remember they had the little documentary on the lights out match. The footage they yes, had that yes. time is almost like that from Slambury. Yeah, it was almost for like it was like for um the nafty convention or something. Yeah, shit. yeah. Here's I've always that, liked that move, bulldog, but it's not really a bulldog. It's more like a face smasher. Somebody hit Robert Parker in the mouth. Seeing him manage Ming makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm cool with him managing Sting. Or, I uh, mean, excuse me. Southern Prospector. Sting going with an atomic drop. Ooh, Ooh, right, in, Ooh right in the right mangs. It, right in his uh, coconuts. Right in the mangs. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. No, yeah, I thought not, he fucking hurt himself on that. Not a disqualification, it, it guys. Looked, it was, they used a the momentum. Um, <laughs> his jaw looked like it hit the fucking uh, ring apron, like knee, uh, Sting's knee. And the ring apron is where his jaw, uh, Ming's jaw, like hit. It's very hard to call this when both men's names rhyme. I hate it. That's why they're in the final. Stang and Ming. Stang and Ming. I think he might have gotten knocked a little loose. So I think. I think when he clotheslined him, I think he caught his jaw on the apron, or he caught it on Sting's knee. Because they're trying. Because the ref immediately jumped out of there and like, hey, give yeah, because that that bump did not look planned. No, and okay, now, I think he's starting to come too. He's up. He's up. Ooh, oh, oh. He, fucking, <laughs> he fucking eats a turp. A damn ring pose. You know, so far, there's only been two matches worth watching this show for, and it was the the first match, and, and this one, this match is pretty pretty good. Tag match is okay. Not great. Staying with a fist drop. That fucking mean no sold. Like he just laid so there. They make Ming look like a beast here because he puts the Scorpion Deathlock on him. And he does not give up. He gets out of it. It's like what, like when Austin almost broke the sharpshooter in '97. No one's ever brought the sharpshooter. Oh my god! In uh, WrestleMania, mm-hmm. yeah. Look at this. He powers out of it. I think it, it makes Ming seem like a fucking real threat. Sting's like, well, fuck. What do I do here? Stinger splash him. Sting's like, what, what, what? No. What do I? What do I do here? He, he clips the knee, and he's going to get him down for a splash. He's going to go for a splash here. Sting was a... Sting, Close line. People don't give Sting credit for being a smart wrestler, like because he did do the chop locks, and he did work on the knees and things like that. I know Jeff from the Wrestling Purist hates Sting. Really? Yeah, he hates Sting. I, I, he's been a, he's always been a bright... He hits the big splash. That's kind of been the finisher he used for big guys. One, two, mean kicks out. What's going to put fucking Ming away? I'm pretty sure he's mad. I think Jeff's more of an Ultimate Warrior guy. should ask him that <laughs> so next this. time. Great nice. looking DDT. Jumping DDT there. One, 
two, three. Yeah. Nice. It, great, great pace. This he, is before. Oh, and then Main kind of no-sells it, gets up on all fours. But this is before he had the reverse DDT, the Scorpion yep. Death Drop and stuff. Like, this is this is definitely pre-having a different finisher. I made the, I asked the question earlier when this match first started, you know, if it felt like it was beneath him holding the title. I, after watching the match again and seeing him hold the title up, it makes it feel like the title's fucking a big deal. Yep. That, that stings in the tournament. Like, you know, look at it. They had big names in the tournament that just did not make it to the finals. Speaking of big tournaments, mm. a week later after this show, King of the Ring happened. Hell fucking yeah, boys. We, show, we, have, we have a raw between the King yes, of the Ring. So there, there's some weird similarities between WCW and WWF at the time. WCW at Slambury did a Legends reunion, did the, the Hall of Fame kind of deal. Uh, they're doing the Hall of Fame King of the Ring weekend mm-hmm. for WWF. They had a tournament for the U.S. title all the while the King of the Ring tournament's about to happen. Yep, and they know that the WWE does a, a tournament every June. This is the third year, yeah. Yep, so it's kind of like they're they're both kind of piggybacking off each other a little bit because the Hall of Fame has never been King of the Ring weekend. There's the contest winner right there. He does look a lot like Big Bubba. I don't know why you would try to look like Big Bubba, but, you know, good for you, guy. Yeah, he. Right, it wasn't like uh, you got free tickets or something. Yeah, like it like, was like it was a contest where a parent or kids send in their um, parent their a picture of their parent, and if they look like a star, they get tickets and that. And he won, and he does. There's hey, a chicken a stink tech stain. Damn right, stain. Look at my Mullet. babes. Look at my babes stain. Here we go. GAB, the Great American Bash, boys and girls. They wanted to get Flair reinstated here um, after everything happened. It's actually kind of. Uh, a genius way to get Flair back is, you know, Savage is like, I want him back, brother. Uh-huh. It's kind of, if you think about it, it's kind of the reverse of him and uh, Jake Roberts back in the day. We we don't think we've really gotten, what, two WCW Savages? Is that it? I'm trying to think. Because we've got, we got the one that was an elite that was in this, in the Slim Jim looking stuff. Yes. That comes with the rib tape. It's like an elite thirty-eight or thirty-nine. So it's three then, because we get the the then now forever like ninety-nine. That that's an underrated Savage. The only time that's ever been really shown. And then you get Slim Jim Savage from the uh, the uh, Comic Con Comic Con exclusive. Ah oh, shit! But you you've never really had a Savage like this with the shirt. Well, you have, but it was a, a definitely a WWF like Hasbro almost remake well, in Ultimate form. Flair. Flair's a woman. <laughs> Flair's a woman. God, we covered that so um, bad. There, there was the gear that Savage was wearing. It was the blue gear that he came in blue and yellow when he first walked out. I would mm-hmm. love that as an elite figure. It'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, we may have, we've had we've, we've had NWO Macho Man. Flair throws the fucking wig. This is an ugly outfit. They get Flair and stayed here. There's Sonny Ono. Which you got to think we had we have Wolfpack Savage. We've had two NWO Savages now with the new Ultimate coming out. But if you talk about just like regular um, Macho Man Randy Savages, you haven't had a lot of them. No. So I, there's also Whee! a silver and black Savage I wouldn't mind having either that has the long tights and the white, you know, silver shirt. Yeah. That they don't do. Oh, that's a lie. We, they did. We actually got um, the Bash of the Beach one. Yep. In the three pack with yep. the face paint. Yeah, we did. Oh, look at Angelo. There's more if you sit down and think about it. it God, Arn is such a heel, and I love it. He's got a bad will. Break his leg, Rick. Break his leg. 
Ow, ow, ow. I'm ow. a dead fish flopping on the ow. riverbank. Ow, ow. ow. It looks like ow. he's doing it. <laughs> they have the same. Uh, they have the same hairline. And then they also do a basic flare, which I don't consider, or basic um, savage, in white and black. Technically, shouldn't shouldn't Alex Wright have been the one who wins the match? No. Because he, he yeah. attacked him first. Well, he threw him out, but I guess he didn't hit him. This is the promo I was yeah. talking about. It's really good. And it just talks about how, he's like, I know, he's like, you're a young kid. He's like, but I want flair. And he's like, it wasn't anything against you, and I'm sorry. Yeah, and Alex Wright, like, if Alex Wright would have popped him in the mouth, and be like, this is my opportunity, you son of a bitch. See, like, this is a good opportunity to make Alex Wright kind of a made guy. Yep. Put him with them. I don't understand why he didn't. they didn't do that. I don't know. It's WCW Logic in 95. Here it is, the same kind of replay of what we saw earlier, which I don't like the fact that they just took them out these of the gra- thing. These fucking graphics look so old. Flair looks... He's got flabby man tits, too. I like Flair. He's like, ah, oh, not my face. Ah, oh, so distraught. He hugs him. I'm gonna cry. He's like, do I smell like Slim Jim still? Smell my breath. Here he comes. <laughs> Staple of WCW two is a promo before every fucking match. I have my notes. I really do miss out miss the coked out promos. We just don't get them like this anymore. This is the gear I'm kind of talking about. Like the see the silver and black jacket, and then the white and black gear. Man, it's wild to me that they felt like in the WWF that Savage was just out of his prime. Savage looks fucking great. He looks fantastic. Well, I guess it's Vince looking at it like, hey man, you've been here since '86. What else really can we do? We're trying to do a youth initiative. But then you look at people now. They've been in the WWF for 12, 15 years. Like the Miz. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's not... It doesn't look like he's changed that much. But Savage, I, I get they're trying to move towards the future. What they're doing isn't bringing people in anymore. So they're trying to change it. But Randy Savage... You should have never let Randy Savage He go. had... Regardless, he had the credibility of making somebody look good. Him, if we'd have got the Sean Savage feud like he wanted to yeah. do, been tremendous. Him versus Brett. Yeah, I was just about to say, Hill Savage versus Brett yep. is money. Because you could have got this Savage. And like, even even Savage versus The Undertaker. You never really got Savage that. and Diesel. Yep. Savage and Ramon, which we got that in 92. Yep. A little bit. But then having singles matches would have been great. I don't know. I just I just feel like it's just such a, it's a missed opportunity I, and he's he's I mean he's doing great stuff in WCW I mean great in quotations but but like you got to look at this too man they had the opportunity to do all that because Savage kind of leaves full time competition what after Royal, Royal Rumble ninety three when Yoko throws him out and then he's there until November of ninety four and you don't get any of those feuds like you could have had it man you could have had him and Brett could have had him and Sean had him and Taker. Yoko and Savage could have been a feud. Yeah. I mean, even you could have had Luger and Savage. Did we? Did you say Savage and Owen? Nope, never. That's said a Savage fucking and Owen. fucking feud. All that's going to do is make Owen bigger as a, look like a bigger star. You could have had Bulldog and Savage. Woo. Two different times. I, I don't like Ric Flair's hair cut that short. I miss my Ric Flair with a little bit flowier hair. Oh, <laughs> they could have shown him beating up his dad again in the video. I didn't notice that the first time, first and second time I watched it. But like, I, I just like my flair with longer hair. Woo! I, 
I, or if you give him the haircut, he kind of has a '98. Yeah, I like. I don't. Hair. I don't like spiky hair flare from '99, 2000. I was about to say you like you like the shaved head flare that he had. When no, he, when David shaved his head. Like when he had the super long hair in '99, when he just didn't give a shit anymore about his life, and he hated he hated wrestling in 2000. When we run around in penny loafers and stuff. Oh yeah, he, he when he was part of the Millionaires Club and he wore slacks and fucking a dress shirt. That's what he wrestled in. And then Hogan wore a vest that said F U N B on it. Funby, Funby, Funby. Randy Macho Man. Have you been having fun over there with the uh, wrestling purist guys watching uh, nine uh, two? <laughs> was it two thousand or? I have fun. I have fun ripping on it. But there's not a whole lot of good to watch. Well, here's the thing. Once we finish 95, that's what we're going to in Wrestling Ruin, bud, is 2000. I know. I'm already pumped up for it. Like, do we? But do we watch the Raws in 2000? I think we're going to do the opposite. We're going to watch Nitros and then break down what happened on the Raws. Raws. That would make sense because Raws are actually pretty good in 2000. Yeah. Why Why watch good wrestling on this show when it's fully <laughs> fucking watch amazing, awful wrestling? Ohio. That is true. Macho Man was born in Ohio. Yep. He was a... a Cincinnati Reds? Yep, he was part of the Cincinnati Reds for a little bit. Knee injuries and stuff that were not kind to him. Brandon, why do you keep saying to us, like you, I, I saw you wrote it down on your phone already, that Lanny was the better Poffo brother? Shut up. Fuck you, Brandon. You and your leaping Lanny Poffo tribute in your closet. I don't even want to hear about it. I would say something, but I have an autographed picture of leaping Lanny because some of, uh, someone want to know. You're welcome. <laughs> The uh, genius was good. This is setting up for don't even do this because like you're just setting up to get distracted during the match. Don't do it, Savage. I like that his his he has like the sparkly like rhinestones on his jacket to go with Macho. Oh, they definitely planned that out. It's a cool little story. I get it. I mean, it's just not really. It's not. We've seen it. It's not. Yeah, and like it, this time they're just replacing Liz with his dad. I just feel like you could have used. This is what we're talking like the warrior being there. Savage is a heel versus somebody. I mean, this this is where we have Vader as champion and Savage challenges Vader for the belt. Yes. This is where you you have your Vader run instead of this convoluted angle with Randy's dad, which I know he's probably just doing this to get his dad one more little run, which I commend Randy for. Like he uses he used his stroke for things like that. He used it to get uh Lanny, Lanny a contract. He, he looked, also used it where uh, Mona got a contract and became Miss Madness because they weren't going to put her on TV. She was just training Gorgeous George. And then that Gorgeous George asked him, he's like, hey, do you think you can get her a con- help get her on TV with us? Because she's, she's put all this training in. She deserves something, too. And Randy's like, I think I can do that. And Molly said that she, he got her on TV. It wasn't for long, you know, because it broke everything up. She said, but... He got her on TV. That was the Randy he, Savage. That's the one thing I can say about Savage. You never hear a lot of stories about Savage being selfish. Now, I'm speaking of Randy Savage, professional wrestler, not Randy Savage, the person, as in Elizabeth. You know, there's yeah. a lot of um, weird stuff. Like, I know he was, like, obsessed, uh, obsessed and possessive with Liz. But as a professional wrestler, you never heard of Savage saying, no, nah, that doesn't work for me. He was putting people over left he and right. He was very giving, like... I just watched Road Wild 99 because I'm trying to watch through the, the Monday Night era, essentially, when I get to mm. 2001, you know. But, like, he just had a match with Rodman. He made Rodman look like a star in his match with him at Road Wild 99. Wasn't a great match. Randy Savage is definitely bulked up and everything, but him and him and Rodman, 
you couldn't have put Robin in there with a, a better person to have a one on one match with. First of all, this guy back here has like a shaved head with a half. He has a Jerry Lawler mullet back there. Was smacking on Flair. Flair is the the greatest heel in in company history. Yeah, which is like Ric Flair's last match coming up. There's you a little plug. Um, him, I don't see how he's the baby face in the match with him telling Jay Lethal he's a um, <laughs> an opening card guy and all this other stuff after he just helped train him back and then. Jeff Jarrett's trying to help him up after Jay Lethal's beat him up, and he tells Jarrett to fuck off and that he doesn't need Jarrett's help and that he's never liked him and that he he's a piece of shit. And then you, I'm supposed to feel synth- sympathy for Flair? No, like I would side. Oh with, God, I would side with Jarrett because you just Jarrett's trying to help you. you just saved you from a beatdown, and you're like, I never liked you or your dad. Fuck you, Jarrett. Like, okay, yeah, I want to beat the fuck out of you. Do you see this guy in the front row? Which one? This one. He's like in Flair's face. Oh, He's yeah. like holding Randy's hand. He's like super smiley. Oh, God. You don't see Flair do that very often. So Savage hit the double axe handle to the outside. And later on, it was like 98, he has knee surgery. I don't understand how he didn't have more knee surgeries. Dude, the way he did those fucking... They're scary. Go back and watch 86, 87 Savage jumping from the top rope onto like Tito Santana in the Boston Garden with that hardwood floor and shit. Ugh. Like... I'm, I'm like you. I don't understand how he did not have more knee surgeries or break well, there's, an ankle. There's a spot that they do at that, uh, the, is it, they call it the age in the cage match that Flair and Piper, or, uh, Hogan off. and Piper, and he jumps off like the Thunderdome cage. That's when he fucks his knee. And he is fucking high up there. Because his knee buckles when he jumps from that height because he just jumps straight down. Because, he, and then like it probably wasn't good on him in 98 when he jumped. Because like that leads to Savage. Being gone for a while and then coming back, like with the the madness, he, he doesn't. Yeah, with the madness, and I just, I don't know, man. I, he he escaped having a lot of injuries because he should have stopped doing that long before he ever did. Oh yeah, just like Flair shouldn't have been taking top rope bumps every night, getting thrown off trying to do cross bodies. So uh, this match is almost fifteen minutes long. There's and it, it, Clearly, these men have chemistry. They 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 feed off each other very well. Flair's your chicken shit heel. Savage is Savage is very sympathetic. Your sympathetic baby face. Few things I know we kind of talked about Savage. What would have happened if Flair had never left the WWF in '93 to go back to WCW? It would have been a completely different WCW. I don't think you'd have got Hulk Hogan to WCW without Ric Flair being there. WCW might not have survived until. 96 because like you got to think the whole reason wcw survived is hogan coming back and then hogan would have never went to wcw without flair because he wouldn't have anybody to work and there was literally nobody not in a main event vader vader legitimately it vader and sting but without the initial flair matches and stuff like you wouldn't pop the house to get hogan there hogan would have never agreed to be there i think how flair would have been miserable yeah, how Flair would have kind of um, worked into the fold of of working. I mean, I could see him working a heel Flair versus a babyface Sean. That time frame would have yeah. been great. Brett, I know they hate each other, but yeah. I think Flair would have been putting people over more than he really would have wanted. Which he put a lot of people over in WCW. But my thing is, he wouldn't have been on the top of the card anymore. Oh no! I mean, they would have brought probably used him and him and Razor. 
for the Intercontinental title. Um, I, I understand that, you know, they're going for a youth movement in WWF at the time, but it would have been weird to see what would have happened if Flair would have stayed there. I could have seen him feuding with Luger as yeah. well there. He could have he could have helped put Luger on the map. See, like doing those jumps yeah, on the ropes everything. like that. But like, you got to think like he could have worked with people, but he would have been on the losing end of a lot of it. And I don't think he would have, his career would have lasted as long as it did. He would have, Especially if there was no WCW to come back to. Well, Flair wouldn't have went to ECW. No. Maybe a one-off with Shane Douglas or something, but... That actually happened at, uh, at ESPN uh, in 95. Uh, don't you remember my show? Oh, yeah. Fuck <laughs> Travis had a puzzled look on his face. Brandon had a point to him say, idiot. Yeah. I get it, Brandon. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, Gold Rush sucked. You should have never won the belt back the that Collusion, night. you motherfucker. T- that cut TJ Bowser. Bowser. Fuck you, buddy. But, yeah, like, I just don't see Flair... I don't see WCW surviving if Ric Flair does not come back. I mean, he's a, he's been an integral part since he came back. I mean, the, the shit with um, Vader, you know, at the Starcade 90... Uh, ooh, that fucking bump was great. Starcade 93. Angelo, uh-oh. And then him him coming back. Ooh. 94, he has the match with Steamboat. 93, he has the match ooh. with... Rick Rude, which should have been better than it was. Um, then yeah. you get him and Hogan. And without him and Hogan, I, I still don't think Hogan comes to WCW. No, I agree. I agree. There, there's not enough. Because Flair was one of the ones that talked him into coming. Yep. Him, was it him, Mike Graham, and Bischoff, right? Bischoff, yep. They were the main ones. So, f- kind of flip on this. You know, we, we talked about, you know, what would happen if, if he wouldn't have went back to WCW. Hogan coming to 94 to WCW 94 was a big deal. And mm-hmm. it was big business. They made so much money. The highest buy rate they've ever had. Do you think Savage coming instead of Hogan, it would have garnered as much buzz? Sadly, no. I think it would have been a big deal. I don't think it would have been, been as big, big of a deal. But then, if if Hogan's not there, does Savage come? I don't think I mean, so. No. I, I felt like he probably thought he was going to be a WF guy for life. Yep, and I think so. And then we saw Hogan go over there and have the success that he had. Uh, that made they got Randy's uh, mind, got his wheels turning. And I know we all joke about the Stephanie rumor. Mm-hmm. And rumor aside, which you know, it's just a rumor. I mean, I I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. But I just don't think that really happened. No, I mean, we, we it's just like Kevin Sullivan, Christian Wall stuff. We, we we joke about. I think I think Vince. Everybody looks for a reason why Vince held a grudge against Randy. And I think he held the grudge against Randy because he never thought he'd do to him what Hogan did. Yeah, he he was living through it and saw what Hogan was doing. And I think Randy, well, his idea was he was going to be on-air talent for a couple more years and then he was going to be an agent. He was pretty much going to do what they gave Bret Hart's deal. Like Mm -hmm. he was going to work a few more years as talent then slowly transition to being like an agent. And Randy thought he had more to give. And he he had felt like he had more to give and he had more to help put people over to help with business. And Vince didn't see it. And I I don't really understand that. But I agree with you. He saw the business that Hogan was doing and Hogan was making great money. I know Savage was making amazing money there. He well, had to have been making amazing my, money. My thing is, is I get what WWE wanted to do. They wanted to use Savage for big-time things, keep him special, you know, not have him involved in everything, which the whole crush thing at WrestleMania 10, that was Savage's idea. 
And that might have done him some harm. That might have. Because it didn't turn into anything for Crush, which Crush was not the guy. No. Crush Brian Adams was not great. No, he never was. His best run was Chronic, and that wasn't saying much. Um, But, man, I just, I feel like there may have been some promises made with with Savage being like, I'm not going to do what Hulk did to you. I'm I'm with you for, you know, for the long haul. And then like he's there one week and not the next and he's not on he was it was he was you can't you can't not deny though that Randy Savage was still in the forefront of people's minds because he's the commentator on all the pay per views. He's commentator on Monday Night Raw every week. He's making appearances on superstars and all that stuff. So Savage was still there, he just wasn't wrestling. Like he was still a focal point of the WWF. He just wasn't wrestling. And I think that's probably kind of what might have hurt Vince more is that there might have been some talk with Randy being there for life and then Randy shit all over it. And then that's probably where some of Vince's distrust came with Brett and things like that later on too. Yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, it's it's the easy thing to do to shit on Vince McMahon. Um, but you always got to look at it. He's running a business and a company and it's some of the shit he's done is shitty. I mean, we know all about all these allegations that have came out and are not allegations facts mm-hmm. real things that have happened um but like the way he treats people it's almost like he uses them up spits them out but that's just the nature of the fucking of that well, business and the, the thing of it is is that's the nature of the business but you never hear about the good Vince McMahon does for people you always hear about the bad because you got to look at it too Vince McMahon said is offered all these people rehab no money out of their pocket to go do rehab and 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 things to take care of the wrestlers after they're gone but you don't ever hear when he goes. They go to rehab. You just hear about, well, so and so died. Why didn't Vince McMahon do more? And then you find out, oh, he sent that person to rehab nine times, and he tried. Yeah, and, and or he offers them a legends deal, which may not be the biggest thing on uh, for money, but he's got them money coming in every month, and they use their likeness on stuff to give them a paycheck and do other things. But like, you never hear about that kind of stuff. No, and I really do feel like we've like we're saying with Oof, that looked bad on Flair's leg there. And that was great timing though. He he moved right yeah. at the perfect time. Uh I really do think that's the real reason that he Vince McMahon and he's not known to be a guy to let his feeling leave his feelings on his sleeve no. that it hurt him because he felt like he him and Savage had such a great relationship. You never heard about them arguing. Or throwing shit, like having tantrums. Like, I mean, I know Sean's one of my favorite wrestlers, but Sean doing that kind of shit to him. Um, well, if you really boil down to it, Savage is the last major star of the 80s to leave him. Yeah. Flair, I mean, you could say Brett was still a major star, but he was in a tag team. He no, wasn't. He, he, I, no, I wouldn't consider him. He, he was just a tag wrestler through, yeah. the, through the 80s. Because Warrior left, Hogan left, Flair was in and out. Uh, I mean, the, the main event guys were all gone. Andre wasn't there anymore. Savage was the last one. Zeus. I mean, yeah, Zeus. Savage split his face Beautiful there, by the way. elbow to Savage had this match won. And he wanted to... Wanted to I didn't see more where Savage cut himself. I don't know where it happened. I don't know either unless Flair, like, hard-weighed him. But, like, he, he had him beat and he wanted to inflict more damage. And then he goes to the bag of tricks. There's a random ring bell under there because you know Which, it's not near the timekeeper's timekeeper's table. He, Why is there a bell uh-huh. there? Uh huh. He gonna drop it on his throat like uh-huh. Ricky Steamboat. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh-huh. 
He split him up in good. Yeah, though. I, th- I think he may when he did that dive, or when Flair came down. I think maybe he caught him with his fist or elbow or something. I'd have to rewind it to look at it, but he he didn't see a lot of blood in WCW. This yeah. is a different time too, where they're not it's stopping. Dust, the, that's when Dustin got uh, fired. Fired for here we go. It's also you don't see a lot of people. Um, he's trying baiting to clean him. He's him baiting up him. Oh, and he ate that hard too. By the way, see Savage. I mean, it's not like it's not like Savage is old and he has floppy tits. You know what I mean? Savage's still in shape. He's man. he's he's fit. He can go. He can go. And I, I see Vince trying to keep him special and not job him out every month. But I really think, I think he could. You could have had him have a feud in '93 with somebody that led to a match at SummerSlam. You could. He did the match, of course, with Brian Adams. But I think the Brian Adams match hurt his stock. I really think it did because that match was not good. So there's something that's fucked up here. Um, also, we get that he, figure. He's supposed to. Angelo is supposed to come over here. And he keeps fucking his spot up. Is He's supposed to come over there and, and hit Flair. Like, watch him. He keeps telling over there. He, he, and Flair has, Flair to, get has to go over there. He kept getting in the ring saying, Angelo, come here. He's holding him now. I think he got confused because the ref was telling him to go back. And I think he didn't. He actually meant that. Yeah, yeah he, he was just doing that as a way to, to keep him off. And then Ooh, oh, he almost, he almost stepped, stepped on, on him. him. Holy shit. How Flair tiptoed around that. I don't know how. Yeah, because his arm was out. He could have bro- stepped on could've broke Could have broken on his face. Flair's going to get the chicken shit. He'll win here with the fucking cane. But see, the ref already knows he has the cane, which is what screwed up, is screwing up the whole oh! thing. Oh! cracked him he right across the face. He fucking swung that thing. The crowd pops for Flair here. He ran right into it. Savage sold that One, like a ton of bricks, One, two, dude. three. That guy's so happy with himself for getting the shot. He's like, oh, God, I did so good. But Mr. Barnett's going to be happy. He's going to jerk me off. David, which is just good. So that wasn't a thing yet, Travis. <laughs> oh, I was going to tell you this, by the way. Uh, Davey Richards has a shirt on Hot Topic right now. Is it Davey Richards' jersey? You no, know, it's through MLW, but Davey Richards does have a shirt on there. Oh, God. Chip, chip. Jeff and Jeff and Jeff and Jeff. So Flair just leaves. Like, yeah, I, I have my notes too. Like I feel like it should have ended with Flair getting some more pomp and circumstance, pun intended. He just like it leaves the crowd flat here. Like you see the crowds like what? That's it. Well, they've been so they've been accustomed to Hogan coming out and giving. There's them- eight, eight hundred people there. Like yeah, I'm glad I didn't play for this shit show. <laughs> Yeah, worse. Yeah, worse. Flair to come out or Hogan to come out and be like, "Savage, it's okay, brother. brother. It's other brother, brother." I I still agree with you. We've talked about rebooking this so far. This should have been Vader and Savage's match, and this is where Hogan comes back to set up, or not even that. To, to maybe set up for Savage you versus get, here. You give you give Sting server Sting the beach match against Vader in the cage. No, here here's my idea here. So. We we go to Slamboree, we have that match. Vader comes out as champion. At uh, um, at uncensored, he hurts Hogan. Hogan's out until like fall brawl. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vader's your champion. So you have Slam Slamboree. Um, could could be a tag match of Sting and Savage versus Flair and Vader. That gets us to Great American Bash. Vader and and Savage have a ship. A weird finish, and we just flip flop Savage Vader in the cage, Flair Sting for the U.S. title in the other cage match. Yeah, boom, 
I think that that would work. Yeah. And then it just builds for Hogan to come back. Well, here's my thing too. Is Savage like, keeps almost you, beating Vader. You could have still had Vader beat up his dad. Oh, exactly. And not he would have fucking hurt him. <laughs> just not be not be Flair. It could have been Vader hitting his dad. As the show is about to come to an end, question for you: We talked about the buy rate. There's always been talk that Hogan did not want to work on cards because he wanted to have leverage on his contract to say that when he's on them, it has a better buy rate slash draws better crowds. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is true on this card? I do, because here's another thing. It, make, it, it makes Savage and Flair not look like they can draw a house. Yep. But then it also is kind of shitty that Hogan shows up for main event. And is nowhere near. And is nowhere on the pay-per-view. So then like people are like, well, I guess Hogan. They, it also gives false hope, false hope that Hogan might show up to do something on the pay-per-view. But it doesn't. Why is Vader in gear if he's not going to wrestle? Why is Hogan even there? Why didn't they say that for Saturday night? Instead of doing it before a pay-per-view that no one... Really remembers Bobby's bow ties off. Bobby's Bobby's hot man. He's flustered. It's hot in here. Yeah, but like that's the thing. Like Bobby Heenan is a goddamn national treasure, and Tony Schiavone doesn't get the credit he deserves. But Tony Schiavone, this time, this, you could tell Tony, especially with the look he gives Botwick, was like, "What the fuck is wrong with this company?" I mean, I mean we've listened. We've listened to uh, what happened when he says that he immediately fucking regrets going back to WCW. Yeah, because it was like a, it was just shit. Look at him. Like, he's just like, yeah, this show's over. Can we get the fuck off the air? This is where I feel like, you can see the timer counting over here too. Yep. But it's like, to me, why, did, why, show, why show all that shit with Randy and his dad after the show, all this stuff, and then you still have them do a little wrap-up thing? Like, wouldn't that be wrapped up enough with them talking? W, see, that's the thing with WWF. They they go off with a conclusive finish. And I always Great hated I always hated the fact that they show credits. Yeah. It feels tacky to me. Yeah. I mean, I get it gives those people credit for doing things. But, like, to me, like, it just makes it feel like a show, not an actual event. Yeah. You know, like an, an actual thing. Uh, Jackie Crockett. Not an actual um, sporting event, which WWE was an actual sporting event. But you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't show. This takes... It not being a show out of it. Like, yeah. I mean, by now, honestly, no one's paying attention to this. They, they, they've turned it off. Yeah. Um, and, or it's and, playing in the background and one's watching it. Yeah. So, match of the night. Pillman and Alex Wright, no doubt, is the match of the night. I would night. say, and then the second would be Sting versus uh, Ming. Flair and Savage isn't bad, but there's just too much his, da- his dad and being in it and all that shit is just weird. And I don't like the angle. The match itself was just okay. It's not great. It's not their best. Eric Bischoff there. Executive, executive producer and senior vice president. president. I just don't feel like it's their best match, Flair and Savage. I'm going to give it to Pillman and, and uh, Alex Wright. I feel like that's the best match on the card, which it is weird if you go up and look at that match graphic. It's Austin on the match graphic in the star. Right there. That's Austin. That is weird. Yep. But... um. I, I will give it to Pillman and uh, Alex Wright. Alex Wright. Uh, MVP. Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan is the most entertaining thing on the show. Um, he's not putting himself over. He's 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 putting people over, over at their own expense. At their own expense, but he's making the show fun in a in a spot where the show is the show is shit. And I think he's the most entertaining part of it. If I had to give it to a wrestler. On the show, uh, man, it's hard. Maybe, maybe, 
I, I might would give it to Savage because he's continuing on the storyline with his dad. At least and if no one else cares about that storyline, Randy Savage does. He's making it personal. He's making it. He's weaving it. He's taking care of his father, like all that stuff. And then he gets beat by Flair when he had a chance to beat him. Like their match probably told the best story on the card, but it's not the best match on the card. I actually have a three, a three MVP. Yeah. So most valuable player, I would have to give it to Brian Pillman mm-hmm. because of his the way he he worked that match. He made Alex Wright feel like a bigger deal. He sold for him. He gave him everything. And he, he he gave him the shit as a heel, even though he wasn't probably supposed to, but it helped get Alex Wright over more. Brandon, shut up, Bunkhouse Buckets fuck, again. Yeah, fuck you, Brandon. Um, fuck you, Brandon. Second, I'm going to give it to Sting, because Sting made the U.S. title feel important. Yeah. And also, he made every move he had with Ming feel big. It took a lot to take Ming out, and his fa- facial expressions are like, what? Ming, Ming broke the Scorpion Deathlock, yeah. and you hadn't seen that. And and lastly, my third one would be Savage because Savage made that feud feel real. Yep, I agree with that. And that's partially due to F- Flair having you know a gr- being great as well. But Savage sold it to make it feel like you know that's my dad. So I I couldn't just pick a th- just one of them. So I have to pick all three. I'm just gonna go Heenan. I think Heenan was the highlight of the show. Ruined or redeemed? Ruined. This show is god awful. Um. Man, like for it to be a pay-per-view match, half these matches didn't need to be on pay-per-view. The only two that feel like, or three matches that feel like they have built to anything is Flair and Savage, Sting and Ming for the United States title, the finals, and then the tag titles. feel like those have storylines that lead to it. And even Evad and, and Diamond Dallas Page's arm wrestling match had a storyline to it. The rest, rest of the show is just, let's just throw shit on there. Yeah, the, Alex, the Alex Wright-Pillman match is just thrown on there. However, yeah. grateful you guys did that. Thank you so much. It's a great match, but like it has no reason being on this oh, pay-per-view. Well, when you think about it, at the same time, everything else kind of makes sense. No. Because if you break everything down, the arm wrestling match, it is building to the story of Evad. Not good, not good, but I mean, it's building to that story. The tag title match, that's they've been brewing that story. The stud stable, they're just starting that feud with, with Harlem Heat because they start doing the Sherry stuff with, with uh, Colonel Parker. Yeah, but if that's a bonus match for a pay-per-view, you can go fuck yourself. The tur- Shut up, Brandon. Fuck you, Brandon. The tournament, I mean, they're building to that tournament, which yeah. also leads to a return match. And Flair and Savage. And then even with the uh, Renegade and Arn, they've been building to that as well. I tried to not Not be out. good, but I mean, I will give them credit. Everything has consistently been built uh, with some kind of meaning, which is weird because in 2022, it's not always that case. Hey, looking at you, AEW. No. Um, but I'm also going to say ruined. It just it, those three matches could not hold this together. However, those three matches were pretty good compared to everything else, but not very good. Next episode, man, it's the go home edition of Monday Night Raw, taking place from June 19th, 1995. I got some matches for you: The Undertaker versus Mike McReynolds. Undertaker's second match on Raw in 95. Great. This is the jobber named Mike McReynolds. Adam Bomb uh, versus Bill Payne. Ugh. Sid. Bill Payne making his return, though. Yeah, you're right. Sid and Tatanka taking on the Head Shrinkers. This may be the last time we see the Head Shrinkers on uh, WWF TV. We say that every time, and then they just pop back up with like one more fucking time. Well, I know uh, Make a Difference Fought 2 is about to pop up, so we're getting close there. Hunter Hearst Helmsley returns, taking on Travis's favorite, Buck Quartermain. Hell yeah. Candy Striper Pants. And Shawn Michaels takes on Gus Kantarkis. I think he's the one that looks like Marty Jannetty. Has the Marty Jannetty-esque gear. 
I hate you. Guys, that's the end of this episode. Brandon, you got anything about rants? Oh, you guys are having uh, Joe Bob on. You guys are covering... Fuck Texas Chainsaw it's Massacre. It's five like, year anniversary. Thanks like, for the invite, you fucking. It's like duck. four something hours long or something. That's wild. Wow. So where can they find you at Rants Black Lodge? Oh, and and check out you know on Project Louder Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. Mm. Oh, that's fucking cool, man. I'll let them all know. Yeah, yeah. Keep eating your Tim Hortons, you fucking Canadian bitch. What a fucker. God, I hope, Trap- I hope your ca- your sades have cleared up by the next time we get on here. You and your chirpies, yeah. Brand or uh, Travis. Uh, still selling stuff over there on TGL The Man 12 on the Ebays. We're fast approaching the wedding. It's uh, actually going to be next Saturday. So one week away, boys, right now as we record, nine days and counting. Um, Eddie's got to give a speech at the wedding. He's the best man. Oh, fuck, do I? (laughs) He's got to give a little speech. I'm going to, I'm going to use my, my pro wrestling, uh, abilities and do it all from the cuff, brother. That works with me, brother, brother, brother. I want a brother in there, uh, at least once or twice. Um, but yeah, you're just selling stuff over there. You know, NXT Next Evolution, uh, we are chugging along there. Episode five drops today as we are, as we are talking, so we got to figure out the time next week to, to pop out two more episodes, or maybe this weekend knock out two episodes. Uh, get that nice and nice and wrapped up so we can get y'all some content while I'm on the honeymoon. Um, and still got the Todd, the Toys Maddox, uh, the Maddox Toy Show coming up August 20th. Looking forward to that. Sell some stuff, you know, cut some people some deals. Uh, I'm going to have a table at NXT this week, or not NXT, <laughs> NGW. NGW this weekend. Uh, for Uncivil War, um, going to beat Brandon's ass for the title when I get back from fucking uh, my honeymoon. Cause if the uh, coward would uh, defend it. If the coward would defend it, I know he. I know he says it's for my benefit that we're waiting until I get back from my honeymoon. But I really wanted to take that belt to the lovely beaches of Jamaica and show the world that I was a world traveler and take some pictures with it. Uh, Brandon, just shut the fuck up. It's going to happen anyway. Um, and we will cut it, cut back over here to, to Eddie, uh, and, uh, check out our guy, uh, friends on the wrestling purists where we uh, tend to make a few uh, appearances. Like we're half their shows every month. I feel like now, yeah, either I think, I'm on there or you're on there. So. I think my, the next show I'm going to be on, I know I'm doing all in, um, mm-hmm. because Matt Cross is on that show and also I'm doing money in the bank 2011, which mm-hmm. is probably one of the best pay-per-views ever. I actually attended All In with our uh, good friend Cody Ford. And I was supposed to go, and yeah. I had to work. Yeah. Uh, it was a great show. Uh, merch lines and the way they set the show up were terrible. But uh, other than that, not so bad. Um, and then my next appearance will actually be the week after I get back from my honeymoon. It's supposed to be the week of the honeymoon. But um, I would have to record it the day I get back. So we're going to do it the next week. But it is, I uh, want to say... New Blood Rising. Oh my God! <laughs> Two thousand. New, the only New Blood Rising show. And, and New and Blood Rising. New Blood's pretty much gone by New the time. Blood, New Blood's not even thing anymore. So they have a pay per view. It is a cool name for a pay per view. I'll give it that. The box so. art's pretty cool with uh, the red like, and it's red the, and black, and it's Goldberg, Booker T, and Vampiro. Van, Vampiro. Vampiro. I think. I think yeah. So. But yeah, check check them out. Uh, cool dudes and they let us talk on their podcast so not too bad yeah yeah guys so uh the next big thing for us uh ngw uh at next gen tn um our next big show is day after this podcast drops we're gonna have um uncivil war 7 it's the final show that we're doing at the jackson terminal uh our venue in knoxville this year um we're gonna be doing a few other shows um just not there 
Uh, we already announced kind of everything. The main event is Matt Cross defending the NGW title against Dirty Dango, a.k.a. Fondango, Johnny Curtis. Uh, and uh, the, the rules have been set. If uh, Johnny Curtis, a.k.a. Fondango, a.k.a. Dirty Dango, cannot beat Matt Cross for the title, he will never compete in an NGW ring. Hmm. Again, uh, along with that, the huge fucking tag team match uh, featuring Zachary Wentz and uh, Trey Miguel versus Myron Reed and Jordan Oliver. So it's the Rascals versus Injustice. Uh, the Eastern States titles on the line when Shug D defends against Logan Easton LaRue. Uh, we just had a uh, an injury update. Uh, somebody was sick. Erica Lee will not be uh, attending uh, Uncivil War. So right now it's Danny Moe versus Kayla Cassidy. Versus Billy Starks. There may be a fourth. You have to be there to see. Uh, first time ever, Trey Lamar versus Calvin Tankman. If you guys have ever seen Calvin Tankman on MLW, holy shit, one of the best unsigned, official unsigned guys in wrestling right now. He's a hoss, man. Huge, huge Hulse. dude. A crazy four-way match uh, featuring Braden Lee, Sledge Gibson, the lovable Levi Everett, and uh, the Neon Ninja facade. Got to churn that butter, man. And... We are going to be hosting the unofficial pre-show tag title open challenge. The unofficial self-proclaimed tag team champions, the Lost Boys. Uh, and I already know who the tag team is, and I've already told you, but we're going to keep it a surprise of who's answered the challenge. So uh, very, very excited, guys. Um, it's going to be a good one at nextgentn.net uh, slash tickets. Get your tickets there. Uh, get tickets at the door as well. Travis, you'll be in attendance. You'll have some merch there. Merch for sale. Um, I'll, of course, I will be there as well. Um, and also, guys, our other podcast, uh, Next Evolution Pod at next NXT Evolution Pod. Uh, so far, we're trucking down the lines of uh, NXT, and we're getting close to crowning the very first NXT champion. Fuck Jinder Mahal. Yes, Jinder Mahal is the most boring wrestler on this uh, on that podcast. So definitely give us a listen, guys. Um, check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and uh, Project Louder. Thank you, TJ Bowser, for having us on uh, the network with you guys. Rants Black Lodge. Um, at next is it at next evolution pod? NX yeah next NXT Evolution Pod. Uh, at Travis Lasseter, fuss at me on Twitter. And definitely check us out, guys. Uh, it is fucking hot in here, Brandon. I know you want to go home. I get it. You're you're fucking cuck. So uh, I'm Eddie along with Travis, and we will see you guys next time. Fuck you, Brandon. Jeff and 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 Jeff and